everybody. This is Chet Czar, and welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. This is episode 108, and today my interview is with Kyle Snow, owner and proprietor of the Skull Shop. I don't know if you're aware of the Skull Shop, but they are my favorite fake skull shop. I get all my skulls at the skull shop. I've just been fascinated at the idea of having a, a business that sells bone, fake bones and skulls. And I've had so many questions to ask him for so long that I was really excited to do this podcast. And he's a really cool guy. Normally we only see each other at conventions and we've gotten to know each other over the years. And um, I don't know, I thought it'd be a good interview. And it was actually, I did it two days ago. Today is Sunday, April 7th, and I think we recorded it on Friday, but it was a great interview, which you will be hearing shortly. Lasted about two hours, I think. Uh, Maybe under two hours, but it was great. It was really interesting. Maybe the most technical interview I've ever done as far as talking shop. There was a lot of shop talk, so hopefully that's of interest to you. I have been working hard, getting ready for Monster Palooza, which is coming up in three days from now, two days from when this will be airing on Wednesday. It's April 12th through 14th, and it's an amazing monster convention. We talk about that as well in the interview because Kyle will also have a booth there. He always does. Anyway, I've been painting studies and casting, doing lots of weird multicolored casts and getting new sculptures ready to release and all that business. So this is the first year that I'm actually on schedule and I'm not going to be rushing around at the last minute, hopefully. Just about everything's done. I have a few things to do this coming week to get ready, but pretty much there. Well, that's not true. After today, I might be pretty much there. But all the studies are done, and that's the hard part. It's the painting. So, anyway, that's what I've been up to. I've been watching, re-watching Game of Thrones to get ready for the new series, Season 8 premiere. And to be honest, the only reason I'm re-watching it now so that I can watch the episodes when they come out is because I don't want any spoilers to infect my feed on Facebook when I go on there. Uh, That's really a bummer when people do that. So otherwise I'd probably wait until the whole season was up and just watch binge it. But nowadays, unless I wanted to stay off social media, that's the way it goes. Anyway, so that's what I've been doing. Been putting, watching Game of Thrones and painting and getting ready for the show. So let's get on to new Patreon supporters, which there are not many. There's only one this month or this week. I'm sorry. Um, let's see here. Had a few deletions. Uh, wait a minute. Okay. New subscriber. I don't think I've said his name before. James Pinkett. Thank you, James, for supporting. Uh, 
If you're not supporting and you would like to support, you can support for as little as a dollar a month to get the episode, the weekly episode, a day or even too early. I've been doing um, some episodes a couple days early, posting them on Monday instead of Wednesday. And for only a dollar a month, you can get that. As well as uh, entrance into the secret Dark Art Society cooperative group page, which is still really happening place to be on Facebook. No nonsense, no drama in there, just art. Lots of dark art and lots of people sharing. Okay, so where are we at? Oh, the shirts came in. I got the shirts. They look amazing. The collector limited edition shirts for the $50 tier and above. Now, you could still get these shirts. I ordered extra. So all you have to do is support at the $50 level for one month. And then you can get this amazing Dark Art Society official member shirt. It looks really cool. You can, uh, well, if you are a member of Patreon, you can see I posted pictures of the shirts, uh, mock-ups and videos of the shirts being printed. And I have more videos. I'm going to do a, a long video when I get some time of the whole process because I think it's pretty interesting. I love that stuff. I love uh, process videos of all sorts. So those will be the, the reason I haven't shipped them out. They would have been shipped this week, but with Monster Palooza coming, it's gotten a little bit hectic. So I'll try and get them out next week or this, this week. Uh, it's Sunday right now. So, but. It might not be until the following week. If we have time, I'll do them this week. Get them shipped out for those of you who ordered. And thank you for bumping your pledges up and getting that shirt. And I know you are going to be happy with this shirt. It's amazing. Okay. Five questions. Here's the five questions from Instagram. Now you can ask your five questions if you are interested in hearing what I have to say on whatever five questions you ask at our Instagram page, which is at Dark Art Society. So here are the five questions of the week. At Wiseman Art, what are your thoughts on dreaming and art, creating art from dreams? My thoughts are, yeah, if you can do it, do it. Personally, I have not had a lot of luck in that using that technique most of the dreams i have are not suitable for making really cool monster paintings even when i see monsters in my dreams i've said this before in interviews they're usually really dumb looking like they're made of paper mache or something definitely disturbing but in a different way i think maybe it has something to do with things scaring me when i was a kid in in cheap haunted houses or something but often there are seam lines on the monsters like they're fake or made of rubber or something so i've never really had a lot of luck with that personally that's not to say i don't get a lot out of my dreams because i usually write my dreams down or i try and remember them and write them down as part of my spiritual practice because i think your dreams can tell you things that you need to know things that are buried deeply in your subconscious and 
through writing your dreams down every day, you start to be able to train yourself to see which parts of a dream or which types of dreams are just your, your mind kind of unloading the day's events in some weird, unorganized manner or deeply rooted subconscious issues coming to the surface. And the more you get to know your dreams, the more you will be able to tell the difference between the two and act accordingly. Okay, at Grand Slamber. Grand Slamber. What's your favorite piece you've created and why? Okay, that's a tough one. I've got a soft spot for Black Magic, the painting that I made in 2005, I believe. Because... And this is another story I've told many times. It, it came to me in a flash for no reason, out of nowhere. And I saw the finished painting in my mind, which doesn't have, happen very often for me. So it felt like some kind of cosmic gift. And then I painted it, and it went on to become probably my, my most popular character and one of my most popular images. So I definitely feel that is one of my favorite ones. For sure, you know, but they're, you're, they are like your kids, so it's hard to choose one. I, I can't choose a favorite, although Black Magic stands out. It's easier to choose my least favorites, but I will say another one that is at the top of my list is the soft spot sculpture. I have a soft spot for soft spot. That is one that I look at. And I can't see anything wrong with it or anything I would want to change about it. I feel like I I really did it justice with the detailing and everything. So that is, that's actually in bronze form on a marble, a marble base at Copro Gallery. I kind of have that on permanent exhibition. Nobody's bought it yet. It's, I think it's seven grand or something, but it's at that price. I think it's totally under underpriced, but it still hasn't sold. So that's the way it goes when you're a monster maker, I guess. Okay. Let's see at chicken wing. What's the worst tasting word you can think of? Um, that's a good question. Some of the words are smells. Some of my, in case you are not aware, this is talking about my synesthesia, my weird form of synesthesia where words have flavors to me. It's kind of the, the lamest form of synesthesia, I think, but it's pretty entertaining. Uh, let's see. You know, one unpleasant smelling word is Heidi. I apologize to any Heidi's out there, but Heidi does smell like dog breath. So it's nothing against any people named Heidi. It's just the, the association my name, my mind makes with that name. I know it's ridiculous, but I, my brain is ridiculous. I also woke up this morning with 
a Cat Stevens song stuck in my head, and it won't go away. That's another part of my broken brain. It's that song Moonshadow, which is very folksy. I, I love Cat Stevens. I grew up on Cat Stevens. I like that stuff, but man, when it's stuck in your head and it won't go away, it's very uh, annoying, irritating. But that's what happens to me when I overwork and I don't get enough sleep and my hours get screwed up. I get songs stuck in my head for days sometimes. It's, it's, it sucks. At Pyra, what's your guilty pleasure? Hmm. Well, the first thing that came to mind is, is Project Runway. That's my guilty pleasure. I love that show. It's embarrassing, but I think that show is pretty great. I mean, you got to lower the bar. You got to lower your, your standards when you're watching a reality show because reality TV is inherently an inferior genre, I think. It's, it's in, inherently cheesy to start with. So once you get past that, you kind of accept the, the rules that this is going to have a bunch of cheesy shit in it. You can enjoy the thing for what it is. And, and I, I do enjoy watching people make things. And I have never been interested in fashion at all until I watch that show. And, I'm, and, I, and I see the creative process. And I'm like, that is interesting to me. So there, that's, that's probably, probably my guiltiest pleasure. At Mr. Andrew Hawkins, what's the last song you played on guitar? That's a good question. I haven't played guitar lately. I've been b playing bass for the last couple of years when I get the hankering to pick up an instrument. I think the last thing I played was Down With The Bass by Mike Watt. Or Firehose. It's a Firehose song, Down With The Bass, because I just learned that. I was playing Big Train by Mike Watt, and then I was playing Down With The Bass by Firehose. Are the last two things I remember playing. So, all right, that's it. Uh, oops, I said, uh, I've been getting better, though. Have you noticed? I think I'm saying less us. I've been really making an effort, and it's helping. Just trying. Sometimes that's all you got to do. Just try a little harder. Okay, this is episode 108, my interview with Kyle Snow of The Skull Shop. I hope you enjoy it. And thank you again for listening, and thank you for supporting on the uh, Patreon. Oh, I said, oh, again. Thank you for supporting the Patreon. If I wasn't getting the support from the Patreon, I would definitely not be able to do this podcast, so it's making it happen for sure. All right. Thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoy the interview. Talk to you next week. What's up, Kyle? Not much, man. It's good to see you. Yeah, you too. It's been a while. I mean, we only see each other usually at conventions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're separated by large masses of land. Huge That's right. And yeah. Where are you at? Where are you located at? Um, we moved the business to um, Ohio. It's just outside of Toledo in like a village. Oh, wow. You Weren't you in like... Seattle before or something? Yeah, or? I was in Seattle for like three decades. And so um, what happened was the building that we were in was sold to a company and they demolished it and mm. couldn't find anything that um, 
was the Fort Seattle's just as expensive as like San Francisco now. So like trying to find like three shop spaces, you know, right. to it's too expensive. That just priced me out. So uh, statistically, we just found we just needed an area that had really low property values. Mm. You know, because we're not a a brick and mortar. We're just online and wholesale. Okay. That so just made more sense. We don't we don't need traffic. We just need right, a right. big space. So That's, we found a found a a dentist office, an old dentist office. <laughs> kind of perfect. <laughs> no, it, it really is perfect. I remember even before I was even looking for a new building, I was talking to my one of my guys. I was like, I need a dentist office because that's like all the heat's distributed to all the rooms. So all your chemicals and silicones have, you know, the right heating and everything. And then you just have all these separated rooms to keep things, you know, there's no cross-contamination if you're using platinum silicones because right. you know that's kind of testy sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we just found a really cheap place here in Ohio, and that's that's where we moved it. Wow, how do you like living in Ohio? Um, Ohio is really beautiful. The area I'm in is difficult. Um, I think the only thing that I didn't think about was um how different food would be from say Seattle, like in a big city. Uh-huh. You know, it's, that it's so competitive there that you kind of have to be really good, or your business goes out. And out here they don't they don't have that. It's just uh-huh. a lot of food and mom and pop. It's it's um just different flavors, I guess, that my palate wasn't used to. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But That's cool. it just had all the criteria. It has all our shipping facilities. It has two airports I can fly in and out of if I need to. And um, like I said, the uh, property is really dirt cheap. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know that I could live here if I didn't have this job because right. this job like affords me to, you know, we come here, we hunker down, we make a lot of stuff, and then we go to a convention and, you know, have like little mini vacations throughout the year. Right, right. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I love your skulls. Your skulls are so amazing. They're my favorite. Oh, You're my favorite thanks. skulls. There's not a lot of other companies doing this, I don't think. No, I mean, it's it's so hard. It's such a pain in the butt to do. I get it. <laughs> I know. That's why nobody <laughs> does it. I imagine. Yeah. Um, I yeah yeah. I'm so curious how you how you got here. How you started this business. You're kind of like the the king of these skulls now and. Uh, I mean, what's your what's your background? And clearly, you know, I've, I've seen your drawings and stuff online. You're a really great artist. So how did you how did you wind up running a, a skull bone company? Um, uh, you know, I worked for an exhibit company. We used to build trade show exhibits for like Boeing and Microsoft. And so um, someone needed a skull or something. And so I found a company that made skulls. And then I was like, oh, they weren't very good. I want right. a really good one. And so this there's a lot the- of bad skulls out there. There are. This was about the time you could get on the internet and like actually kind of start searching for things. Yeah, you know, it was pretty early on, but um, I just couldn't find anything that was really cool looking. And then I figured out you could just buy real ones for like seventy or eighty dollars. So this was when was this? Because that's okay. This, this is yeah. This is early. This that is, was a while ago when you could buy skulls that cheap. Yeah, yeah. It was a long time. It's two thousands, you know. In the in the eighties, uh, in the late eighties, I remember. When I was working in the film business, you could buy full skeletons for like under a thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah, that's how everyone did it back in the day. That's like yeah. all every movie you see, they're just real skeletons. It was just easier because like fake skeletons were expensive. Mm-hmm. Now everything's kind of flipped around. Right, right. Well, the skeletons right. are just harder to get now than they used to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I I heard something about a lot of the skeletons coming from really poor com- countries where people were dying, like India. And stuff, yeah. and then hearing that they were cracking down on selling them because I don't know if it's true, but the rumors were that people were killing people 
<laughs> to get the bones to sell yeah that's, in like that's super poor countries yeah it's hard to substantiate I know. Like, <laughs> yeah india india closed the exporting in the 80s in the mid to late 80s mm-hmm. and then china took over oh wow yeah and then china was exporting human you know it seems like they were i don't know where they were getting them i bought several from china back in the day and um and then they closed they stopped their export when they had the olympics there right and i it must have oh. been some Sort of, so, but it, that all coincided at the same time, and so now we just, so now we have to work with like private collectors and and other companies, osteological companies and stuff. But right. Yeah, I just couldn't find a skull model that I and that I really thought was really cool. There just weren't many options out there. Yeah. And um, so I just started buying real ones, and then I just went to some pottery store and told them I need to make a mold, and they gave me this weird stuff. And I can't remember what it was called. Oh wow! Just like the worst molding material in the world. <laughs> Probably like your thing. Yeah, like the old 2020 urethanes, you know, that, that those really thick amber color yeah, ones. Yeah, those are terrible. So hard to work was, with. I think it was called Sinair, actually, the company back then. I know they sold over three or four times, and I don't know what they're called now. But, yeah, so that's how I started out. And um, I tried making one in my apartment, a tiny apartment in Seattle, like right by the Space Needle. <laughs> and then my a friend, the guy that I worked with at the time, I worked at a company, and he's like, I have a whole basement that no one's using. And so he let me, like, move into his basement and, oh, like, wow. kind of started there and that's that was kind of the genesis of it like i just needed something i couldn't find it so you know go ahead and see if you can make one wow did so you did you have like sculpting and molding experience casting experience before then because that's like a hell of a mold to make man a skull mold like so many undercuts yeah it was challenging no i hadn't done that i mean all i've done up to that point was like music and art oh you know okay yeah but clearly you were like uh person like to work with their hands and you had the art background and yeah stuff so yeah you did have that going for you so i mean when you were a kid were you an art kid were you oh yeah i was just i was super spooky art kid all right yeah like (laughs) should have known my mom my mom always blamed me she took me to see jaws when i was two (laughs) she said you cried she's like she's like i think that's what happened to you (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like I got like the old Valentine's Day cards where it's like a haunted house with like a broken window with a skeleton looking out, you know, just from like the earliest ages. Yeah. I just always love the spooky stuff. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. You're, you're, I should have known you're one of the brethren. I think so. I, I, <laughs> I just, it was just, it just seemed to come so naturally, you know? And then like when her friends would always be like, should you buy him all? Cause you know, I'd have like severed hands and I'm a little kid. Yeah. Right. Stuff. And she's like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Oh, but that's worried, cool. Yeah. Worried the friends a lot. So you had a cool mom. That's cool. She facilitated, she was the best mom. Like, you know, if you, you need to go out at night in the middle of the night in the summertime, you know, just knock on her door and let her know you're leaving. She's like, all right, be careful. She, <laughs> she was the best. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I was like, before I was a teenager and I, you know, cause I had my, she actually bought me my first Fangoria magazine, number 16. Wow. With the cover of uh, Dick Smith's ghost makeup. Oh yeah. I have it With the face. I have it too. <laughs> I still have it. And, um, so she got me into that. And then when I saw that they were doing the weekend of horrors in the, the Marriott in Los Angeles, she like bought us tickets and went. Wow. What year yeah. do you think that was? Oh my God. I might've been there. I may have been there. You might. I mean, it was so, it was at air, the, the airport Marriott. Right. I, think, I think they happened in May back then. But I mean, I, I, yeah, I met a young Tim Gore there. Uh, and, no way, really. Yeah, I still have some of his pieces too. I t- I'm going to bring him to Monster Palooza for oh, him. Cool. They've been sitting in storage. Yeah, he's like a, this splatter face and a finger and oh, like a 
and a little rat. That's, He's really excited to see those. Yeah, that's so weird because he just texted me this morning. I haven't heard from him in a long time, and he just wanted to wanted to ask me something about Monster Palooza. So that's pretty weird that you bring him up. Cosmic man, small world. Yeah, yep. us ghouls got to stick together. That's right. <laughs> so, did you ever think of getting into effects or anything? Because it seems oh yeah, you're, you're... When we were uh, yeah when we were little kids, like uh, we found scream grates at the video store. Uh huh. And so we immediately went out to like our local place was called Jobber's Odd Lot, and we bought like tackle boxes, and then we went to the costume stores and bought um, you know latex and clay, and we learned how to make like the blood knives and the blood tubing, and how to make our own blood, and we'd still go around on our skateboards and sell them to other little kids and boom, <laughs> on. Yeah, we loved. It. I have like old Polaroids of like my my old uh, bedroom. It has like the workshop, you know, like we're like making eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And, like, fake limbs and blood everywhere wow. yeah. so you almost you almost became an effects artist that was that was that was totally our route for a long time then i think just skateboarding and pot took over yeah <laughs> you know? and that led to yeah to uh, uh working on displays for uh <laughs> microsoft and stuff yeah we just did yeah various jobs yeah and how did you get to i mean how did you start working on the display stuff that's um, such a weird a weird uh career was, to get into yeah, yeah, I was, I did, what did I do? I laid carpet for a while, and then I worked at a hardwood flooring company, and um, I didn't get along with, with um, the boss's wife, and I just, I just gave her my two weeks notice. We had a kind of an argument, and I was just like, I don't need to be here. I don't need, I don't need to take this abuse, you know? I wasn't being rude or anything. I just didn't, you know, we just butted heads, and I right. didn't want to have to deal with it. So I put my two weeks in, and I found the exhibit place, and... Uh, oh, so that was just kind of a job you applied for yeah, and got we're, we're in the same like uh, industrial neighborhood oh, okay. the sunday paper remember when you look for jobs in the sunday paper yeah. <laughs> and um yeah so i just went over there and interviewed and they walked me through this giant facility and they were like chicken crates and laminating and building trusts and like can you do this can you do this and i hadn't done that but i knew i could right and, you know, so i just i just kind of lied a little bit but I, I ended up being able to do it really well i became like the lead exhibit builder there for a couple of years oh wow so you know carpentry and stuff i imagine as well yeah, yeah, and I had to be a licensed electrician to do that. Wow. And yeah, and after that, I was I worked for a machine company and did like electrical mechanical diagnosis and stuff. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So you you do have a plan B, but you don't need a plan B <laughs> since your since your business is booming, right? I mean, it seems like it's you're so, doing pretty well with it. Yeah, yeah. I always think like, when will they? When will they not buy them? You know what I mean? That's always the scary thing when you're you know, yourself driven, you know, right. everything you do is just, that's how you make, that's how you pay for everyone to live and how you pay for everything over your head. You know, it's always scary. It's always like, when is this going to end? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm always teetering on that edge. It's always so frightening. I know. I, th- I think in the, you know, it's like that in the fine art world too. I mean, I used to, I used to think that until I started thinking about just how many fucking people exist in the world. And yeah. if you think about just you know what? What I who I have sold art to, who you have sold skulls to, is just the tiniest little sliver yeah. of the population of the United States, let alone the world. Yeah, you know, there's just more than enough people to for you to sell skulls the rest of your life. I think. I hope so, and this kind of seems like the same thing with you that happens here. Is like you have people that um, like your stuff, so they buy one, and then they'll buy another one. You know right. what I mean? Like. We'll buy another print from Chet. Like we need this one in our in our collection, you know. Right, right. Uh, I have yours all like down the hallway in here at the office, at the shop. Oh, cool. I'm on. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for them, by the way. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we probably did. We make a trade or something at, at a at a show. I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Usually that what happens. Or yeah, we make a trade and they're like, "Here, take one of these." Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> so I know I've got I've got two skulls from you. That kid, I, you have a kid skull I got from you. Oh, uh, cool! I love that. It's not a little baby skull. It's like a. I think it's like oh, a. Oh, the adolescent one. Yeah, I love the That's adolescent. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, that my, one is cool. Yeah, my granddaughters play with it all the time. Um, <laughs> uh, I love that skull. The look of that skull, though. I've used it for for um, paintings before that aren't necessarily like a, ch- a child skull painting. Yeah. Just a skull. Like I've I've done it um, for two paintings. One that I can think of off the top of my head. One is like a, a skull with three eye sockets and he's oh, smoked, I think I know. Yeah, yeah, smoking yeah. a cigarette that I painted from life from that adolescent skull. And then I have one where I, I have a, uh, like a front view of a skull and I turned the jaw upside down. So it kind of looks like a weird smile. And nice. uh, so that's kind of my go-to skull, even though it's like a child, uh, like an adolescent skull. I just, I don't know. All the shapes are good for me. I just think it looks well, cool. Well, yeah, it's because it's like the adolescent, it doesn't have like the big child head, you know, it's starting to thin out. Right. It's got the weird fangs. Mm-hmm. Cool cheekbones and good eye sockets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's that? the hardest thing about like getting real skulls too, is like, I have to pick ones that are like, there's a look to them. You know what I mean? Right. They're just like, they're just like living people. Some are, some are more attractive than others. It's and true. so when you, go, when you go shopping for skulls, like there's a lot of skulls that you have to turn down because they just don't have the, yeah. the look that you want. You know, it's funny. You have to think about stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I never thought of that. That's interesting. You know, you, you know what you could do too is cosmetically alter them to look nicer, you know, like carve away spots and maybe re-sculpt them. But you, you are, um, you're buying real skulls and molding them. Correct. Yeah. 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 We buy real skulls and we work with private collectors who send them in. If it's something that we can use, we work out a deal with them. Or Mm -hmm. like, like I said earlier, like other osteological companies will send like, um, like the child skull that we have is sent in from a company and we retain the right, the copyright. And then we, in the deal, give them cheap casting so they can sell them. Oh, how cool. Like that. Yeah. That's great. Real ones in then make a mold. But kind of the whole point of it was too, when I started off was like, Oh, this is like, we're just going to mold the skull how it comes in. So whatever teeth are missing on it, that's going to be the model. And that's kind of, I think, the um, the more the appeal of it. It's not like that perfect medical right. model. No. Uh, it's, it's something that maybe has been exhumed somewhere. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah. In China, when you got a skull, every now and then there'd still be like roots and dirt on it. You oh, know? wow. It's, yeah, yeah. It's a little unsettling. but So you stop buying from that person. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea, though, that the way that you, you do that, where you kind of cast them as they are and that way they have this unique character about yeah them. yeah it's just really cool to see all the difference so every every heads i mean it's a fingerprint really it's yeah, so crazy yeah. different there and they take you could color you could take the same colors and color five different models and they all color differently mm-hmm. just because the porosity for the poor porosity pores. <laughs> yeah, yeah i know i'm sure there's a real word in there and i'm sure your audience is ready to stab their ears right now but yeah, yeah that's what i mean that's so cool. That is so interesting. I just, and, and, uh, you know, it's like, I know in, in the painting world, skulls are very popular to paint right now to the point where there's just like tons of skull paintings. But to me, they're like the new bowl of fruit as far as oh, like yeah. a painting subject. Cause they're, they really are beautiful and, and they yeah. are, I mean, everything I just, I just, you know, still, even though there's 
it's kind of like a common thing to do. I still, I still love them. I still love skulls. It's such a icon, like timeless image too. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, you go way back in the beginning of time, everyone's so fascinated by the mortality of everything, you mm-hmm. know, it's, you know, right. I know it's deep. It's like kind of a, a, a deep thing, really the whole, uh, memento mori idea of contemplating your death and, you know, there, there's a, there's a, I think there's a, a deep reason why we love skulls and bones so much, but even just on this aesthetic level, they're just so beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I figured I was on a, another podcast many years back and I figured out why I like skulls so much. It's like um, when I was a real little kid in like grade school, we had an unfinished basement with like the furnace that kicked on with the big flames that shot out, you know. Mm-hmm. So I always figured that's where all the well, that's where all the monsters were. <laughs> so I was terrified of it. But in our mall at Fashion Place Mall in Murray, Utah, there was this um, like novelty store and they sold Be Something Studio masks. And they had their their hooded skull mask. Mm. And I fell in love with this Grim Reaper mask. And it's just the coolest Grim Reaper mask in the world. And wow. I was like, if I, if I can buy that, I could put that on and go downstairs. And then they would just make, oh, that's not a kid. That's just another monster. So we don't have to bother him. No way. Uh, really? That was like, the reasoning in your was, mind? That was the reasoning. So my mom made a deal with me because this mask was like $45 right. back in the day, which is a healthy sum. And so she made me like, if you make like five soccer goals, you know, in your, in your season, I'll get you the mask. And I made two and she still bought it for me because <laughs> she's a super cool mom. She sounds like a super cool mom. <laughs> yeah. So that night I would you know, wait for, for every, the house to be asleep. You know, it's like, all right, let's try this and have my PJs on and put the mask on and like did the long trot down the stairs and open the door and never scared of the dark again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's that, how, that's how it was with that, me. Yeah, those neurons just connected, and that's just kind of where it stuck. Right, right. That's how I felt when, I, like, I was always super shy, really, really shy as a kid, like painfully shy. And whenever I put a mask on, I could just, I wasn't shy anymore. It's such a weird, it's this weird psychological thing. Yeah, it's not you anymore, yeah. Yeah, and I know Rick Baker talks about the same, exactly the same thing. Like, when he was a kid, he was very shy, and when he would put masks or makeups on, he wasn't shy anymore, and he could act like a crazy monster or something yeah, yeah, and run around yeah. and scare people. It's almost like, I wonder if, I don't know, there's some weird psychological aspect, I think of covering your face. That's kind of yeah. sad really, but, but there's, a, there's also an element, I think of having power over people in a way, if you can scare yeah. them too, you know, like having yeah, some control yeah. of the situation. Like you're not oh, the, I love scaring people. Yeah. When I was little. Oh, yeah, little. me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I yeah, still we, do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My mom used to let us go. We had an unfinished basement. She would let us turn into like a haunted house. So yeah. we'd go to, we'd go to like the thrift store and get sheets and a, and a staple gun and make walls with the sheets. Totally, and blood, man. Uh, black lights and strobe lights. Remember the old strobe lights and xenon tubes and everything. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. We used to do the same thing. You know, we, we would do these really thrown together just like, Oh, I spend the night at my friend's house We'd be like, yeah, let's turn that the the bedroom into a haunted house, and we'd kind of yeah. just use whatever was laying around and and make dummies. And I love making dummies too, like stuff, oh, yeah. stuffing newspaper and clothing and laying it out in the on your yard and just the, the best. best. I'm the sure best. I'm sure you loved Halloween growing up as well. Oh, it's still my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> I can't, yeah. I even like worked in haunted like the commercial haunted houses too when I was old enough. I oh, think you cool. had like. 10 or 11 or something like that to volunteer and they'd give you sit you in a little room and oh no you froze <laughs> okay 
We are frozen. I'm still recording in case it reconnects. If it doesn't reconnect, I'm going to have to stop it. And then Brian Kilgore is going to have to do an edit here. Sorry, Brian. Uh, okay. Doesn't look like it's going to reconnect. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to stop it. His laptop shut off. Thanks, okay. Brian. Okay, yeah, thank you, Brian, for editing this. <laughs> okay, we're Love recording. I don't know. What you, what were you talking about when the computer died? I think we were just all waxing on about haunted houses. Yes, haunted houses are the best. I yeah. um, My friend actually ran actually, yeah. a haunted house in Pasadena. When was this? In the early 2000s. Like He actually made one, a real one. And yeah, it was cool. Actually, my son was, my youngest son was probably seven or eight. And, and he had, he just shaved his, he wanted his head shaved for some reason. So he was completely bald. And um, I made him up and like dark circles around his eyes and put just put a bunch of blood in his head. Like he'd been split down the top of his head with an ax and put like a little black outfit and like a hood a cape or something on him and he just ran around the haunted house and scared the shit out of people it's so much fun it's like a, a a dream come true i got to do that too when i worked when i was like 16 i think my mom got me out of school to work at the magic mountain halloween haunt the same guy he used, used to run that and so i got to work on that my mom was cool too too you know nice Totally, totally got me uh, out of school and drove me up there. And um, I worked on that. Oh, it was so much fun. It was like the best. We're just helping him make all these monsters and masks and stuff. And at the, the last night, all the work was done. All the people were made up. He uh, let me put a costume on, which was, I think, a a fly. The You know, the fly? That old 50s horror yeah, movie? Yeah, the big eyes and yeah, everything. He had made one of those, and he let me put that on in, like, a lab coat. And I just ran around the park scaring people. It was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I love those. Yeah, I worked in a couple of them. Yeah, they're great. They're great fun. Well, yeah. um, always a fun thing about Halloween, too, is, like, going up to all... You know what? I don't know if it was, like, this where you were around Halloween time, just before. Like, the only places that had the really cool masks were, like beauty salons hmm yeah the, the beauty salons like had all the new distortion stuff well and now my virus software is trying to go because oh, okay <laughs> but yeah so yeah they're, they're the ones that had all like the really cool distortions and dawn post and everything i don't remember uh, beauty supplies it, it was like magic stores they used to have magic stores because i'm yeah, talking yeah. like the 70s when i was a kid because i think yeah. i'm probably like at least 10 years older than you i imagine yeah um and they had a they had a makeup store, makeup magic store in the mall, and they always had like really cool masks in it. Um, and then like dime stores would have them too, like really cheap, like thrifties would have masks. Yeah, yeah, I just, eh, had enough of those. I was one of like the dumb posts or the be somethings or the distortions, you know. I always like the Fangoria too, where you could see all the cool new masks coming out. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the? Do you? Remember the Ghost Factory or the Alterian Ghost Factory in Fangoria? Because we took out a few ads. That was a mass company I ran for Tony Gardner. 
There Which was, one were the masks? Uh, there was the most popular one was called Shotgun Louie, which is like yeah. this guy's blood coming out. Yeah, that was you guys. <laughs> yeah. I didn't sculpt that one. That was my friend Lauren Githens. Um, yeah, so we had our time. Did, did that for like three years. It was really fun running a mask business. But back to you. So where mm. where is this that you grew up? Uh, Murray, Murray, Utah. It's just outside of Salt Lake City. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, just you know, we were just feral kids, you know, like mm-hmm. just come home when you when you need to eat or yeah. you know when it's too dark, you know, so you don't get in too much trouble. But. <laughs> Same here, man. Sounds like we had kind of a sim- similar upbringing. <laughs> it was a good time. I can't think of a better way to grow up with so much freedom, and you learn so much stuff too. If you someone's like, you know, you got to meet here at four thirty, like you better be there. Yeah, right. Or you get left behind. There was no cell phones, at least when I was a kid you, doing that. You don't meet the pack on your bike. You don't know where they went. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those are the days. Uh, okay, so what I, I want to know how you, you you made this first skull, and then yeah. where did it go from there? Like, how did you end up going? I yeah. know you you've done stuff for like TV shows and movies. You've sold s- skulls to productions, and I mean, how did how did you get there from that single skull in that basement? Yeah, so I made I made I made the first original one, and then I made a, another mold on a different skull that I had. And then I emailed um, uh, Dapper Cadaver okay. over there in San Fernando, on San Fernando, over by the airport. Right, yeah, yeah, they're great. And they were like, yeah, and they, they gave me a shot, and they bought a couple. Mm. And then they liked them, and then they bought a couple more, and then they're like, and I remember they, one time they ordered um, 16, and I was just like, how am I going to make these? <laughs> 16? Make 16? Well, the thing, like, you have no idea. At the time, no, I, I understand. It's, it's hilarious. It's like, it's a two, it was a two-part mold with a giant porthole in the bottom. And it was that amber, that 2020 stuff. You know, you could make a skateboard wheel out of it yeah, almost. That's what they used to make skateboard wheels out of. Is that yeah, thing? yeah. And so you'd have to like duct tape it all together and make a patch for the hole. Yeah. And then <laughs> pour it a little bit, plug it up and duct tape it. And then you'd have to rotate it, right. you know, for 10 minutes and then pull the patch off, cut the, and then do it again. And then, and then you have the jaw and you have to do the jaw too. It's just, it was just, I mean, I mean, it was exciting back then, but then it just became a, this horrible, horrible pass. <laughs> but that's how it started. Um, and then I sold some on eBay, you know, just because that's all there really, really was back then. So I would sell them on eBay. Well, what year is this? How like how long you've been in business? I wish I could remember. I mean, I've been I've been skull shop for I want to say a little over ten years now. So I was doing this about two three years before that. Okay, okay. And like the very beginnings of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I imagine you have like uh, rotocasters and stuff now. Yeah, we have two uh, manatrons. Okay, I don't, I don't know the the, the tr- I've never owned one, but I do know what they are. There's cause... two different. There's like three different. There's like the manual one that you crank by your hand. It's just all oh, geared right. to like a chain. And then there's ones that are motorized, the DC motor control that are also with a chain. And then these are independent controls. So the inner you can control the speed or direction of the inner, and also the same with the outer rotation. So oh, cool. really, really full control because. We do things for other companies too, and it just every every new part you put on has its kind of own rotation that's going to make a a, bit, a good part. Yeah, okay. so those are the best machines to have. And I'm sure you have the exact measurement for a skull that you can just yeah everything's dialed in everything's yeah everything's measured everything's heat controlled. That's so yeah. cool! <laughs> I want to come yeah. and see your factory. So yeah, love to have you. How many? I mean, how many employees do you have? Is it, do you have like people working for you and stuff? It sounds like you do. Yeah, yeah. I have I have two right now. Okay. 
And then that's just, um, and then I work obviously like, you know, seven days a week. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let everyone else have a life. (laughs) (laughs) I know know how it is, man. I do the same thing. I'm working. The skull shop. What's that? The dark mistress, my skull shop. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I know. I mean, when you have your own business, that's what you got to do. Yeah, for sure. I think it's cool. Yeah. I mean, there's like times where you wake up at nine o'clock in the morning. You're like, I don't want to go in for another hour. I can do that. Today. I know, I know. That's the trade-off, and you're not working for someone else, which is great. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know you have. I'm not. I w- I'm not going to ask you because I know you have a secret way of painting your <laughs> your skulls. That's a secret. Oh no, it's not a real secret. Like, um, <laughs> so we used to use this chemical that would um, actually burn the color in. Yeah, that's that was that tripped me out. I had no yeah. idea. But since I had to start employing people, it was just too dangerous. Like it eats, it eats chip brushes. It puts clo- holes in clothes. Wow. You know? So it's kind of a, it's cost. You know, once it's once it's cured and washed off, it's inert. It's not a big deal. But right. so we had to that. And now we're just um, using acrylics. Oh wow. Point. Yeah. And uh, you're using urethane R- resin, I imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. We're just uh, we currently use the smooth on the Smoothcast 300. Okay. So, it's kind of a standard white resin. We used to use the 320, and that's like that ivory color, but that really darkens under ultraviolet. Oh, okay. I used to have, like, in my old, one of my old offices, I had all the masters on a top shelf, and I took them one down one day, and it was, like, sunburnt yellow on the front of it. Right. And that, <laughs> normal color. So it's like, all right, time to change resin. <laughs> that's cool. And I guess they're porous, and, and, they're, and, and the paint is only going in the crevices and cracks anyway, so um, I imagine you get it to stick well. Because when I work with the resins, I ended up – I, I – do everything in oils now because it sticks like crazy yeah oils are great it's just so much more expensive on the scale that we need so much more expensive and you got drying time which is kind of a hassle and yeah yeah but they i love oil painting i mean i like like all the old randotti schools from like disneyland remember those Those yeah yeah when you were a kid i have every i had every single one i still have a lot of them what did you call it red they're called randotti's well why um, because the husband and wife team that started it was Randall and Dottie. Oh, no way. So they just put their names together as Rand Dottie. Is that that <laughs> cool skull that's kind of like almost slightly elongated? It's like a thinner. Yeah. There's several of them. Yeah, they have a pirate one. They have the one you're talking about. They have the, like, it's like eroded. Like right. the teeth are long. These long things are not even individually defined. They're just these weird stylized. Yeah. I yeah, love se- them though. I love those things. Yeah. So I have several of those. But they used like the black oil paints back in the day for those, and that's why it looks so good. Oh, you know? okay. Even to this day, all those are just still the darkest black you could get from that time. They, they look so good still. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, those are some of my fondest memories from Disneyland are those skulls and the shrunken heads. And- oh yeah, go to go to the Magic Street on Main Street and get the big skulls, or go to the pieces of Eight Behind Pirates and get mm-hmm. the pirate. So they got the little neckers, or you go to Adventureland right across from Jungle Cruise and get the um, the Harry Ivans, the the little shrunken head skulls of the black or the white hair. Yeah, <laughs> Harry <laughs> Ivans. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. So how many? How I mean, how much? How many skulls do you produce in a day? I mean, I know it's hard to say because it's probably based on if you have a convention coming up or you have orders or. But I mean, I don't know. What's an average? We can put out. We can cast fifty a day. Wow. On a, on a on a solid on a solid day, and that's that just depends. On, yeah, it's, it just depends on the flow of what's coming in. If we need, if we have to get wholesale out, or if mm-hmm. we just have regular orders or a convention, then it all kind of just ebbs and flows from there. But we always know, like, okay, this day we need to make up twenty, or we need to make forty a day, or something like that. Right, right. So, um, are you? 
do you do, I mean, have you done a lot of promotion or have you just kind of filled this niche market and it no. just kind of came to you? Cause it seems like people just discover you and the biggest thing, the two biggest things that happened to me early on were um, uh, a friend, Timothy Azinger, he does um, tattoo conventions in Reno and uh, I want to say Philadelphia. I hope I'm sorry if I get that wrong, man. Um, but he invited me out to a tattoo show in Reno, the Lady Luck tattoo show. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was hugely successful. Yeah, tattoo shows are the best. And we had, I had no idea because before then I was just trying to market toward like the Halloween industry, you know, but people in the Halloween industry want a $10 skull. Right. They don't, they don't want a $100 skull. Yeah, that's the problem so, we had with the, the mask companies. They want yeah. made in China really cheap. And, yep. Yeah, yep. the tattoo and, people want quality, man. They want a real well, skull. I love I love the tattoo shows. It's like they they want to they want something that they appreciate the the quality of it, and then they want to show you how much money they spend too. A lot of the times, you yeah. know, <laughs> you know, they always have like you know wads of money that they just, cash. Like they, yeah, they're just ready to throw it down for a good skull, you yeah, know. And it's, yeah, it's like that's the reference, you know. Until then, everyone was just had a had the um you know your books and then online, so you have all these tattoos that were like the same five skulls online that you could google right away right so now it's like you know they have an own model they can do their own lighting oh, that's true everything. yeah that's true um, yeah there was some guy that a tattoo artist i remember a while back i have the book it's called book of skulls he produced it himself on um and he used real skulls i think it was it was like royalty free photos for tattoo artists i wish i could remember the guy's name i'm sorry that i forgot your name. Jeff okay I don't think it was Jeff. I know Jeff. Um, he did. He used some of ours in some of his stuff. Oh, really? He did the same thing. He did a reference. And then another guy that runs um, Josh Carlton. Oh, I'm so terrible with names. Yeah, I'm just really I know, awful. I know Josh. And then he, I think he did a bit, a bit of an online reference thing, too, that you could hmm. use. That's cool. So your skulls are kind of like everywhere. I mean, what, what I like to see them on Insta. Yeah, everyone tattoos them. It's like, I, I, like I said, I used to complain about like the five images you see. Now you see a lot of mine in different places too, which is really nice. And people use them too. Like artists. Yeah. I had one of your other artists had on, he uses the MC a lot too. You know, David Casson did the study, the DVD with our MM model. Oh, how cool. Yeah. And then the second biggest thing after the tattoo show was we did the uh, skulls exhibit. We made all the skulls for um, Kat Von D Oh, no and, way. Really? And that's, yeah, she, we sent her um, 110 skulls and she had like artists and musicians and everything. And she just oh. had this big opening. And so everyone did it. And that was, that's the one that really got the name out of like my Instagram. Right. You know? And yeah. like back then I just didn't know what Instagram was. So it was just like <laughs> scourge 999, you know, right. <laughs> and it's like scourge isn't a nickname or anything. Like I just did. <laughs> just a random name you chose. Yeah, yeah, and like at one time I had um, a couple thousand followers, and I thought there's no way I'm going to change it because then mm-hmm. that's just too many people to like steer the wrong way. Right? Yeah. No, that's just, smart. I just kept it, and everyone knows it's this. It's the skull shop now. Right. Right. Yeah, but that was that's so the promotion really wasn't there. It was um, people like that that really helped me along the way. You know, just the nicest people in the world to to say like, look, this is where we got them, and like, right. You know, yeah, word of mouth, man. Yeah, promotion was minimal until then, and then it just kind of, it just kind of, there's that snowball effect that you have at certain points of your career. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what films or product? Do you know? I mean, what productions have you it's have used to, your like, skull? I remember the very first time I saw one of my skulls on telly. It was watching uh, Tim and Eric, and uh, they were <laughs> like, 
putting like they had like some some parts in a box they were trying to put somebody back together and it was like my skull and i was just like <laughs> and i was i just happened to be watching it in my office and, wow. and I, was, I was recording it because i love tim and eric i like to watch him back so i was recording on my computer and i just my hip my jaw hit the floor it was just the most amazing thing that, that was the first time and after that they're you know they're in um you know, pirate movies crime scene shows dexter um you know you just see him here and there every now and then yeah do you sell direct directly to, to productions ever come to you and say hey we need a bunch of yeah skulls. yeah yeah we do and a lot in the early days a lot of stuff was through like dapper cadaver because they're like the the rental house for right for you know hollywood and yeah, parties i rented a bunch of uh stuff for my ego desk show from dapper cadaver like the yeah. the really cool coffin that black magic was in and all the candelabras that place <laughs> is amazing so yeah so that's so so a lot of it early on was there and then um just as time goes on and the name the name gets out there a little bit more then you get a little more direct phone calls and mm-hmm. emails like that how much of your business is online versus cons and stuff um man i used to do like 10 or 12 shows a year but now i'm only doing like four or five so oh, most wow. of it fine and then we have uh, wholesalers in in United Kingdom to handle our overseas stuff. So we ship over there and then they sell through theirs. They sell our stuff through there. And then, um, and then the other businesses, like I said, we do other things. So like we make um, these giant skulls for a regal robot. What is that? Um, they're like these um, Mandalorian skulls for, from like a, the Star Wars universe. They're these giant. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, we were being quiet about it, but he tweeted about it. He's like, "We're he, yeah." He tweeted that we're making them for him, so I got that. <laughs> That's cool. So, yeah. so you do like custom work as well for people? Yeah, yeah. If someone needs a commission, but commissions I can only do maybe two or three times a year. You know, mm-hmm. when the permits, just because the like, you know, it's like you just work seven days a week, and you just try to find that weird time to like do something a little bit special, which is always nice too, because like it's good to pump out. You know, creatively, it's not a creative job anymore. It's just production, yeah. right? You know, so it's nice to have those time to do the commissions and put a little more thought and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a little more care into something. Let's do a Chet Zar skull. Chet Zar skulls? I'd be down for that. I would love, because I've always wanted to sculpt a skull. I've done small skulls, and I would yeah. love to sculpt one, even though it's 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 not necessary because, you, you know, you're... Your skulls are as good as they get because they're real. But I would love to do one and just do it like as realistic as possible. I love that. I contracted two of my friends to make tiny, like smaller scale, real skulls for us that, you know, and just because I love the sculpture aspect of like someone making like what they can make a real skull as because it's so unique, you know, it's yeah. like everything, like the super real looking to like a Randotti style, you know, right. there's so much between that. Yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah. Yeah, we should talk all about right. that. I'm into it. It's sculpting. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it in all my spare time. Yeah, right. <laughs> Between yeah. this fucking podcast and Patreons. And... <laughs> I want to do it, though. I would love to do do like a limited edition yeah, skull. Like, like a, a life-size skull would be awesome. I would love to. Anyway, yeah. that's. Then, yeah, no, then we handle all the production because, you know, it's what a pain in the butt to do all that. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, it's a nightmare. You do all your own resin work, too, now, don't you? You do uh, a lot of. I do casting and i have lee shamel do my molds um, oh. he's great so uh because he has he has access to a uh vacuum chamber I, I yeah i have a vacuum chamber but it's just you know it's too much work it's and he does <laughs> he does molds way better than i do so it's like you know just it makes more sense for me to hire him 
Yeah, farm out the uh, farm out the work, and they're perfect. His molds are just like absolutely perfect. I just got some because I'm releasing some new stuff at Monster Palooza this year. So, um, um, one of them's actually kind of a skull, but it's like a really weird, goofy skull with this underbite and bug eyes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> little thing. I'll bring I'll bring you one by. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm so excited to go to Monster Palooza. My girlfriend flies in from London tomorrow. I got to go pick her up at the airport. Oh wow! And then, oh, wow. Um, then we just have a couple of days of like hard production here to get ready, and then uh, we do we drive across. We do that Route 66, so we're super excited to go to Monster Palooza. Oh, so you drive to your conventions? I do. I have been lately because I love the drive. I hate the drive back because it's it's all fun and games to get there and see everyone <laughs> and go to Disneyland or whatever. But then when you're done, you're like. It's like a 33 hour drive. Back I know, I know. Yeah, you know, and that's always kind of like, a, I don't want to do this anymore. I know. But, you know, it's if you if you have someone with you, it's kind of, it's kind of fun. And, you know, I hate flying, man. It's such a it's such a pain in the ass flying. It's you know, it's not even like I've never been afraid of dying in a plane crash. I, I just never really worried that much about that. But the I just hate flying. I hate standing in lines. I hate the uncomfortable seats. It's like I'd rather drive 33 hours than than sit in a plane for six hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And plus, I, you, think it, I think it just grates on you after you drive across the country 25 times. That's true. It's like, all right, I think I want a five-hour plane trip. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But you got to bring all that merch is the problem, you know? Yeah, you have to ship it. That is that is expensive. So do you, you sometimes travel by airplane to some of your conventions yeah, and I, ship? I, ship everything yeah oh okay okay yeah yeah Throw, give it in the capable hands of a shipping company and hope that they make it there on time that's the worst when you're at a convention you see someone shipment that didn't come friday and you know it's not going to come until monday after the show has that ever happened to you that's not happened to me but i've seen it happen to a lot of people that i know yeah, and i always feel so bad because they're just sitting there with their band that they brought on the airplane you know yeah. and you're just, <laughs> just i'll see you outside and have a cigarette with you or right. something yeah, yeah. what a bummer <laughs> So you're yeah. you're you're doing uh, what conventions do you do now? Um, this year, I, the only things I have booked are are the Monster Paloozas. Um, I had to duck out of the tattoo show this month just because Monster Palooza. We did it several years in a row because they were Monster Palooza and then tattoo show were back to weekend to weekend. So to like uh, get to Pasadena or Burbank and then get back to Ohio to take care of things and then get back to the next convention was just a terrible stress. It's good for the wallet, but it's right. bad, for, you know. Yeah, I just ducked out of it because they were just too close this time. And then we had, um, we since we're producing for other company right now, it ate up a lot all that time. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to booking some more tattoo shows though here across the Midwest and stuff. So, That's yeah, I, I I haven't done done that many tattoo shows. I used to do tons of tattoo shows, and I just like I'm just not a traveling kind of person. Yeah, like really a homebody. So. I think that's where I first met you was at a tattoo show. Yeah, I think so. Can't remember which one, but it was. Uh, it was, was um, I remember it was um, in Oregon. It was that uh, Evergreen. Oh, you do ever. You, you still do. That's how you know Josh Carlton, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, n- no, I haven't. They moved from where they were to Eugene, and I was trying to get the shipping information, and they weren't really clear on it. And so I just kind of ducked out of that and just haven't been able to coordinate it back. It's always such a weird time right in the beginning of the year. Right. You know, and that's kind of when things start picking up. Like after Christmas, like after Christmas, it dies down for like a month. Yeah. You know, so we kind of have to ramp up and make molds to try to get ready for the for the next round. And March is just a hard time to get to. Yeah, it sounds like a similar um, 
path that the like a, like a lowell <laughs> yeah yeah no it sounds like similar to the to to the to my business to the art business you know to the doing paintings and stuff it's there's always a lull after christmas christmas is the big christmas and halloween are kind of the big the two big times i get the most orders yeah i imagine around halloween or before november you're probably getting a lot of halloween is the slowest deadest, <laughs> are you serious hardest to pay bill time of the entire year why that makes no sense nobody no, no it's it's been like this for a decade now it's the funniest thing because that's just like just what you said everyone says oh but you're so busy in halloween <laughs> i have all the time to go to the haunted houses wow you know like that's crazy yeah i guess i mean funny. i i use it as an opportunity to market things and do little horror horror movie studies and stuff like that so maybe i'm drumming up my own business there but i would think yeah. that like november uh or not november uh September, September would, would yeah. be a big, but yeah, well, just like you have like the wholesale stuff because that keeps us going to, or, you know, just odd jobs or, you know, like when you're, when you need to pay rent, you just do the hustle and you start making stuff to get your rent paid, right. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Lean time is like, all right, let's make some, some cool looking skulls. We got the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Standard things. Yeah. But yeah, that's the slowest time of year always has been. It's so funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the deal is. So do you, do you, uh, have you, I'm sure you've been asked this, but have you thought of doing weird alien skulls or creature skulls? Yeah, yeah. Or? people always have great ideas for skulls too, and it's always I always want to go down that avenue at some point. But I've always just we've always just been able to sell the the natural specimens, you know, so well. Yeah, it's and then they take up so much time. But yeah, I'd love to do um, yeah, an alien or someone like wanted to do like movie monster skulls. Oh, that you would know? be cool. Like, uh, yeah, so I don't know if people are doing that or not, but you know, wow. probably, they'll probably beat me to the punch. If yeah, they now they now they will be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, how cool would it be to like just take like a rad Phantom of the Opera and like make a skull that's like kind of indicative? Yeah. Of it, you know, say, um, is it Kubler or Keebler? Uh, Keebler. He did that Frankenstein one so long ago. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I fell in love with. Yeah, um, that was great. How, that thing you know and that's that's what you know same idea along that you know yeah yeah he's awesome that's a great idea actually um yeah maybe maybe someone will do it but or maybe someday you'll do it if you yeah if i ever get the chance yeah so i'm imagining this keeps you busy like you said seven days a week and yeah yeah absolutely yeah just uh get up and go yeah yeah, and then just try to feed Instagram photos of what we're doing occasionally. You always know, like, I have friends that call up and, like, are you okay? Because, like, if I'm not posting, I'm yeah. just <laughs> post. So, like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> How big is your uh, shop? Um, the shop is 2,000 square feet only. Hmm. Hey, that's better than I got, man. I got a little yeah. tiny room. Actually, it's <laughs> taken over my whole house at this yeah, point. Yeah, right, yeah. It just kind like, of creeps its way out. Casting it? in the dining room. I've got uh, shipping and packing in the living room. It's really bad. <laughs> I need a studio yeah, so bad. Yeah, I, know. I know the thought. Yeah, we're hoping to take over the um, stall, the uh, building next to us is a barbershop. It's oh, like cool. Square feet. And they said um, when they're ready to go, we'll take that over from them too. So we can hopefully we can expand in the next year or two. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, because we're crunched right now. Every room is full of stuff. The only room that's not crowded is my office. But like the main room, the floor is covered with skulls. The shipping room's covered with skulls. <laughs> the casting room's got all this crap in it. Seaming room's full. Mold room's full. Wow. Color room's 
full, playrooms full. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. It, yeah, the hallways are like we have eight foot tables lined up in the hallway, so there's like a path, you know, like a foot wide that you can like shimmy down because it's all <laughs> full of skulls right now. Wow. Um. Yeah, I was one. The one thing about your skulls also is I can never see the seam lines. I'm like, uh, what exactly. are you? What are you doing? Is it a trade secret or are you just doing, no, no, doing no. it We're well? Seaming it really well. I've just been doing it for so long and I've had I've gone through so many different trial and errors to get to that point to get the seam. Also, making a really strong, perfect production mold is another key to that too. Because yeah. you know, if your seams aren't as tight as they can be, then the yeah, right. challenge at every casting that comes out. You know, right. that's the thing I hate them. I hate mold making the most. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the most stressful time there is. You know, it's, it's, there's so much time and money involved in it. Oh, you know, no. we're running all the platinums on it. You know, so that mold by itself was really expensive right there. And if you make a mistake, then you're just you have to deal with that every casting that comes out for the for the life of the mold. Right. I've been using. Uh, yeah, we just Dremel. We just have like I want to say like six or seven different bits that we have to get in to to get the seams down enough to like and then you have to polish it out too because if you just hit something with sandpaper or something all those scratches turn up you know right. so you, have to, you have to work your way down to get something to so you're using like a buffing wheel on the yeah we use, we use um we use um tile bit cutters uh diamond points stone stone bullets um sanding barrels just right. every every part of the skull or every part of the jaw has its own specific tool that you can't use on any part like <laughs> getting the seams off the teeth have one tool and you can't use that tool anywhere else because you'll mar it up and we'll see the mark oh, i see right so every part of the skull has its own like stupid little process that you have to do wow yeah yeah that's amazing yeah and then making the molds as simple as possible on such a difficult thing it helps you yeah i don't need i, I don't i Hide the crimes, I guess, is what you would say. Yeah, I don't get how you do it. I mean, it's is it a multi, multiple piece mold for each skull? Or yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's like jaws more than, like jaws are only two part, you know, with the mother mold, and but then the skulls, depending on the the model and its problems, can be, you know, two to five, two to five parts. Okay. Know, just, yeah, what a hassle, man. Making a five part mold. <laughs> So like when you say it out loud, you're like, yeah, you get a skull and you put you put some goop on it. <laughs> no, <laughs> and then you, and you put some stuff on the goop, and then you and then you put some wet stuff, and it turns into plastic, and then you color it. You know, it sounds easy. But yeah, so, no. If it were easy, I think more people would be doing it. Yeah, I imagine you're doing like matrix molds, kind of. Are you, are you doing or brush all, up or, or all brush up was the other wow. Thing. Because you can't do a matrix mold because there's too many undercuts. Oh, okay. There's no way you can get rid of the bubbles. There's no way. Like, even your eye sockets, they go up inside. I know. That's why I'm always like, I don't know how he's molding these things. It's crazy. Yeah. I wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah, stressed out and to the max is how I'm molding. <laughs> I, I've been using, or Lee has been using dragon skin. Oh, that's a great material, yeah. yeah. It's too soft for our production molds, but yeah, the... the Tear strength on that stuff is amazing. They last a long time. I know, time. I know. I've I've recently um, switched from. I was being cheap for years using just cheap tin cure, and you know the molds started falling apart. And then Lee's like, "Hey, Dragon Skin, they use it for everything at the place uh, Garner Holt where he works." And um, he tried. He turned me onto it. It's like, oh, I love it now. It's lasts forever. Yeah. 
I don't even touch Tincure. I I never have just because we've been using Platinums and Tincure like degrades over time too. Yeah, like a, big time. It burns out. It burns out a lot faster. So like we get sam- companies, silicone companies send samples in all the time, and I just like if someone I like, here take it. I don't want it. Like right. cause you can't. Because if you get a tin cure and a platinum in the same room, that platinum might not cure. It's they're that. Yeah, so. but that's the thing about uh, the dragon skin that Lee was telling me about is that it's not as it almost is as easy to work with as as like a tin cure because like it's yeah. it's not as sensitive to all the other stuff yeah. that one to one. It's really forgiving too on that ratio. Right. You know? The only real reason to keep one to one as accurate as possible is so when you get to your bottom of your A and B, you don't have a lot more A than you have a B. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. But yeah, that stuff's really forgiving. Man, there's like a lot of uh, like the real natural specimens because it's um, water clear. So like if something does, oh, get stuck, yeah, we can see it and we can pick it out later. But if things are gonna stick no matter what, like I learned that the hard way. Right, right. <laughs> Dragon skin for like the first master master molds. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. but I love that stuff. I love that stuff. There was this uh, silicone that a guy from this guy Dan, it's a really cool dude who works at Silpack. Um, yeah, he turned me on to i don't think it's i don't know if it's good for brush-ups it's really thin i forget it. it's called r2800 or something but it's so thin it's great for matrix molds it's like it's the thinnest silicone i've ever seen it's like almost watery it's really weird and it makes a really strong silicone is it blue no it's gray gray i've it's, not used that yeah it's really nice stuff um like I said, so, I don't... slip. I know what you're talking about though. Like those really, like the really low viscosity silicones. Yeah. Like those are really cool. Yeah, yeah, and they're so strong too. It's kind of I love. I mean, I love all this technical shit. I don't know. Hopefully, I'm not boring people, but I, I'm I'm like totally a technical nerd, I guess, when it comes to all this stuff. I'm fascinated. I love it too, though, because like we have to do so much experimenting to get to a point where you're comfortable and it does what you need. And there's so many different products out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and they all kind of do their they all, they all kind of do their own little special right. thing. But we settle on like a lot of the smooth on products, like you said, Dragon Skin is a good one. There's a lot. Of, I'd say I would say almost all of our production molds end up being Rebound Twenty Five. Oh yeah, yeah, because it's just such a it's such a good. Um, I've never used that. Yeah, it's just it's the best barometer for what we need to do to mm-hmm. to hold shapes and get keep them in the mother molds, and then also demolding, and they're. Production life is pretty good. You want to? We usually get like forty-five really solid parts before the molds start acting up. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Are you using? Uh, what are you using for a mold release? Um, we just use like a Man Two Hundred when we need yeah. to. We try to do that for too too long because um, the the guys here kind of get carried away with mold release. They think more is better, and then all of a sudden you start getting waxy parts and right. stuff. So try to I moderate it too. Like every five to seven parts or whatever, go ahead and give it a quick spray, just a light dusting. Okay. It really doesn't, I mean, when you're doing production molds, like you could run it without mold release the same amount of times and you're still going to get almost the same amount of really? life. Yeah. The problem is, is that the mold starts to stretch before it starts to bake. Huh. And since the skull is round, it'll start to fold in like bread a little bit, you oh, know? Weird. Yeah. So that's, you worry more about the mold expanding over, over the uses. Ah. Uh. Then I worry about that because, you know, when those molds get old, they can start getting hard and brittle on the right. inside, changing color. So, yeah, we usually get the stretch faster than we get the bake. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I had no yeah. idea. Well, we run them so fast, you know, we just turn them around so fast, you know, it's, yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. Get the stretch. <laughs> are, do you pull them out when they're still kind of soft or are you? No, no. They So after they come off the uh, machine cycle, we let them rest for about five minutes. 
but it's two pores for the skull. So the first one is, you know, been curing for 12, 12, 13 minutes before it goes to demolding. Okay. So that, that first layer is kind of shelled up a little bit. So we just set them down in there and five minutes later and go through and demold and then prep the molds for the next run. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's like a well-oiled machine at this point. I like bet. Measured and timers and areas. Yeah, it's all the workflow. It starts here and goes or wraps right. around the building up to the front of the building into the shipping room. Have you ever have you ever done any weird colors? Because I've been doing like these. People like to collect these. Uh, I know castings um, of my stuff, and you know it's kind of more something that happens more in I think a designer con, like the custom toy scene, where you just do like one offs of mixing weird colors and like yeah. Have you ever done that to where you've poured in two or three different colors and just let it rotate and see what happens? I have. And the problem, the problem is, is like um, a lot of the designer concepts too are more like um, gravity molds too, where you're pouring in and then you're pouring in another one. Right. Kind of like rainbowing. When you put it on a machine, it's just, you know, it's, and it just kind of mixes all together. It just, just mixes it up and it makes its own one, one color, you know, right. it doesn't, yeah, like, that makes sense because that's what it's designed to do. <laughs> it's yeah, giving you yeah. an even, even just coat. A giant, just a giant overpriced mixer. <laughs> and so, so I mean, you know, you do black or, you know, you, if you want to do experimental color, you do when it comes comes out of the casting and you're finishing it, do like a bright yellow or a red or something. Right, like right. And the other thing, too, is like when you do colors like that, seaming doesn't work as well either because as soon as you hit a, that's true. a, a dyed urethane that uh, that sanding never looks the same you take off the shine of the you take that skin off and you just right. can't, you know? yeah that's a good point yeah, yeah that's the thing about all my stuff since i'm trying to do it as simply as possible yeah. so that i can do the casting i do like open pour half heads one piece yeah. molds so i can just that's dump nice. it in and it's like just cuts out such a such a huge hassle so I'm yeah any, it really does you know with all our leftover resins, that's where all the magnets come from. It's all the leftover resin. We just have all the magnet molds laid out. Oh, and cool. Just, whatever's left over. Because we always have to overmix if you're doing jaws. You can't use the exact amount because you get um, striations. It doesn't matter how good you try to stir, you still get problems if you don't over over pour your mix. And oh, so, really? Or, yeah, all the mixes go. Yeah, if you're, I'll show you sometime like what happens if you don't mix it well and you try to color it. It's, it looks like a zebra. You know? Oh, weird. weird. Yeah, it's really annoying. <laughs> That, that took a little while to figure out what was going on. But, you know, back in the day, there wasn't, like, YouTube and stuff. like. What I'm kind of glad I didn't learn on YouTube because there's a lot of, you know, people doing things um, dangerously inaccurate. Yeah, right. You know, and I might, I'm kind of glad I learned the way I did just through trial and error. When it's your own money, you, you recover from your mistakes a lot quicker. than. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the hard thing about people, you know, ask me about, you know, starting their own casting or learning how to do casting or molding and it's you know it's expensive to start out on your own and it's you're gonna fuck it up you're gonna fuck your molds up you're gonna waste a hundred dollars here and there on you know it just it happens you know i remember the first time i didn't i was trying to mold when i was a kid i was trying to mold a life cast in my in my room and i was using the stuff called adrub do you remember adrub this is probably before your time it was It was a red urethane. Terrible oh, shit, man. And, yeah, and I and I put the life cast on the board and I didn't realize I had to strap everything down. And then I put and I made a mother mold, a matrix mold, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. And I just I drilled bleeder holes, 
I put the shell over the life cast and then I poured the adrub in. And the next day it was just, it all leaked out completely. The shell just, it just floated up, didn't it? Yeah, it floated up. And then the rest leaked out the bottom. It's just, uh, you know, just, and then you do that once and you'll never yeah, do it again. <laughs> There's a lot of that sort of thing in mold making and casting that, you, you, you know, you'll completely fuck something up or not mix the, the chemicals right. I was uh, teaching my kid to do, he helps out with casting. When I was first teaching him, um, he mixed two parts of B portion of mold. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I remember doing that. That sucks. <laughs> Did he yeah, not clean the, the whole mold up? Like, uh, like a rigid foam. I was trying to make a skull mold and I closed it up because I was like, oh, the back pressure will make it more dense. Right. Just, you know, it was like, um, it was a two part shell mold, you know, with silicone and then drilled into his big three quarter plywood. And then I just drilled the back on after I poured it in and I was walking by it and it blew <laughs> through the wood screws through the ceiling in my old, one of my old shops. Holy like the, shit. Oh, it would have broken your jaw if it would have hit you in the face. Oh my God. Crap out of me. So I learned like, okay, well, we're going to leave that open. <laughs> you just like learn, you know, at least that one didn't hurt anybody. But yeah. Geez. I didn't even realize that would happen. Oh yeah, I just made a bomb. That's crazy. Bomb bomb. Yeah, that stuff is strong. That rigid foam when it goes, because it just goes everywhere. It's yeah. you know, not like the soft, flexible foams. You know, like when the, once it hits something, it kind of goes. Oh, I need to go this way now. Yeah, right. Those rigid foams just go everywhere all at once. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I never thought of that. What a trip. I, I used That's, to. What's that? I'll go ahead. Oh, I just re remember one of my favorite tricks I used to do in effects is you get a. Don't try any. Don't try this at home, anybody. But you get a, a a little cup full of crazy glue, and then you pour in an equal amount of Zip Kicker, which is. Uh -huh. the, have you ever done it, that? No. What happened? It goes poof, and it turns into styrofoam, like a no. big. Yeah, it's really cool. It turns into like a big. It's you know, it's like a a, a rigid polyfoam, but it just happens in like a second. It's so. You got to try it. It works. Yeah. <laughs> it works. <laughs> It works great with the um, the really thin crazy glue, like the super thin stuff you can get. Yeah, that's, that's like, the, like the economical stuff that I buy. <laughs> it's like not, <laughs> not not the not the gel. Yeah, no, no, it's not even the the you know the thick. It, it's like they have this stuff, this kind of um, crazy glue that is like watery. Actually, I don't know if you've ever used that. It's it's great. I have, the ones that we get are like the ones that come in like those big, like white squishy bottles. Or, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But try, no. try and get get yourself some some. Never even heard of that. I'm totally gonna try that. <laughs> it's cool. Just stand back because it makes a huge puff of toxic smoke. I was gonna say you get the smoke out of it too. I bet. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's the other thing about all that stuff. I love resins and I love casting. It's so much fun. I mean, I really do enjoy casting. It's great, and I love. I just your things are so much fun to work with. But um, they are. You know the the chemical smells of like polyfoams and stuff are just oh it comes at a price too i because i'm i'm allergic to it now just from exposure so i've I have heard of that happening yeah so i wasn't for like seven years wasn't it wasn't an issue just you know blah 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 blah. and then all of a sudden you started sneezing like crazy around it like getting asthma from it so now we're respirators all the time around it oh really I'm wow. respirators but yeah but if i don't it's yeah yeah there's a little tip for you out there as uh yeah, take care of your health. You know, I was, when I was young, you know, you're invincible. You don't oh think about God. like that. You know, I think of all the stuff I did. Just poisoning yourself constantly. Uh, you know, I, I always knew in the back of my head I should be 
more careful, but it, you know, it takes like to the point where you can't breathe anymore to like, yeah. you know, I, I got a thick skull, obviously. Yeah, no, nah, we've, we've all done that. I, I, I mean, every, every, everyone in effects did that when they were younger and stupid. You guys had such horrible chemicals too, back in the eighties. Oh man. Yeah. All the, uh, uh, hot melt vinyls. We used to, before silicone skins for things was a thing. Hot melt vinyl. It had tons of mercury in them. That's what made What's the foams. That? Even the foams had like mercury in them. Cause that's really? why they were such foams back then. Cause they were full of mercury. Wow. Yeah. I remember on the blob, we, they were, I think it was, no. Yeah, it was on the blob. Actually, this happened a couple times on another another show later, but in the blob, they were melting hot melt vinyl and somehow it got too hot and the whole shop filled with smoke, like oh toxic God. smoke. And they had to evacuate, like, you know, it was probably 50 people. They had to evacuate out of the, out of the shop. <gasps> So we went driving around because it was like you couldn't go back in the shop for a couple hours. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, it's that easy to do though. It's that easy to get carried away with it though, because like you don't know what the limits are until it's too late. Oh yeah, you know? right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you figure stuff out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, fiberglass is the fiberglass is the the one I hate, man. Fiberglass resin stuff stinks so bad. Oh yeah, I use um, the only fiberglass molds we use are for um, for the um, for other company stuff that need them. Because um, when you get a really big mold, yeah. silicone's so heavy, so to to offset the mother molds, because we use like a lot of plastic paste for our skull molds. Oh yeah, it's the one shot. It doesn't stink. I still have to wear a respirator because I'm allergic to the accelerators and everything. But um, it's just one shot, smooths out really good. It's a nice durable shell to you know to get on the machines and stuff. But yeah, fiberglass we have to do for the big molds to get on the machines. I hate fiberglass with a passion. It's terrible. They came out with that that UV cure, which is a lot better. The UV cure where you don't have to add the um, the hardener. Yeah, you don't add the hardener. You, you just put it on and then you roll it out into the sun and it cures. Have you ever used it? Uh, no, that sounds like a dream. I've it is. Heard. It's a. You get a lot of sun out here in the summertime in Ohio. It's the most amazing shit. It's like you just you don't have to worry about because I've you know back in the day we if you didn't put enough drops of that MEK or MEKP I don't remember what it was it yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't cure you you'd do like lay up a fiberglass shell it's or an hour later yeah and it's and it would never dry and you'd have to clean it off but um this stuff is great you just you don't you have to worry about adding anything to it just straight out of the can you just put it on and use your fibers and put it out in the sun and it just kicks it's amazing oh, i could just put uv lights in that room yeah the uv lights work yep it's and great it, and then like turn on a switch and turn on the other ones just hang them from the ceiling oh that sounds like a dream yeah it's something to look into if you ever so when we do, to the do that glass in the shop the shop smells like fiberglass oh, stinks like crazy it's not like, a, it's not like, in a, like in the old effect shops where someone's just in a big thousand square foot garage with 20 foot high ceilings and a big roll up door you know right. it's dense, you know <laughs> like <laughs> oh man i remember there's, there's carpet and stuff you know yeah you know, <laughs> that smell lingers for a long time i always ask the barbers too i'm like can you smell that they're like that's ah, not that bad i'm like thanks oh really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah good thing you have nice neighbors man they could uh Oh, they're, yeah, they're just good old boys. They're just, you know, like 70-year-old barbers. And, you know, everyone goes over to, to shoot the bull. Oh, that's cool. It's straight up like Mayberry here, you really? know, like a <laughs> jam tractor in the middle of the road driving down the street, you know? Wow. Yeah, it must be cheap, though, man. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, when we first came here, like, the rent for the shop was, like, 600 bucks a oh. month, which is twice as much as it should be. They just, I'm from Seattle, so they could charge more. Wow. That's amazing. 
That's why I don't yeah. have. That's why I don't have a studio. Yeah, I'm in California, it's man. It's too expensive. I remember when we were thinking about making a move from Seattle to somewhere else. I was looking at California, and it was just like a lateral move. It's like it was just as expensive shop space there as it was in Seattle at oh, that yeah. point. Yeah, it's even worse now too. I remember. I remember you talking about possibly coming out here. I was talking to you about that a while back. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's I was, even worse. I love California. Who doesn't love California? Yeah, it's great. I love California so much. We have so many friends there, but it just financially, it just made no sense. And I do. I just I want to finish buying these properties, and at the end of my life, I just want to be able to own something and have this job pay for a little bit more travel. Instead, of, I don't want to be in a really big city and have to buy a house for six hundred thousand dollars and never be able to pay it off. Yeah. And just keep, might as well be paying rent. Exactly. Yeah. I I got lucky, man. One of the one of the lucky things I had happen in my life is we got this house um, in 2002 and it's like the only thing of value I have it, and uh, we, we paid 300000 and it's like it's more than doubled in property oh. values now well, you're so close to, I mean, you're only like 20 minutes outside of Pasadena or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, like 15 minutes. Yeah, it's great. That's great. Well, yeah, what a great location. Yeah, I'll trade places with you anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's <laughs> like uh, um, just far enough outside of all the craziness of LA to where it's like, you know, it's nice to be outside of that. I can handle living like in Burbank or in downtown or anything or Hollywood. I used to live in Hollywood and it was insane you were younger though it was probably more fun yeah it was fun it was great but <laughs> you know then that's that. like you know like now that i'm older i don't want to i mean i miss the city and the hustle and bustle but like you know like thinking about buying property i want like that evil dead shack and the way oh, yeah. they have to go through a dirt road through a bunch of trees to get to like a tiny house you yeah. know that's I'm totally down with like that you know yeah. that's what I'm, it would be cool it would be cool that's like deer that's are your neighbor What's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's, that's all you get bothered with out there. Yeah. Uh, so are you sick of skulls? <laughs> I, or do you, you know, still love funny, them? Not because I always want more and I always buy like Halloween comes around. I always buy like the stupid Halloween ones too. Yeah. I, yeah. But like, um, I mean the shops, obviously the shop, you know, it's just full of skulls and skeletons everywhere. Yes. But, yeah, I'm in. A, I'm still in an apartment right now, just kind of waiting to figure out where I want to live in this area. Oh, when did you so move my, there? How long? I moved, was, a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Three years three years ago, I moved the shop here, and then I still lived in Seattle for a little bit, and then I made. Then I was here two years. Solid, solidly, I've been here two years, two and a half years, I think. Oh. So, like, my living room is just. I just had all my house packed up in Seattle. I just got it like months ago. So, wow. like. My living room is just a storage unit right now. So I go home, I have a kitchen, a bathroom, and just a bedroom. And it's easy to live like that for now. But yeah, I'm looking to be able to figure out where I want to live in this area. Because when you work a lot and you move, you travel a lot, you don't have a lot of time to kind of check out the area. Like, geographically, I'm stunted to know what's around me. Right. Yeah, I know over here is Toledo. I can see buildings, you know, but I don't know (laughs) the other areas, which, which are nice. But it's all farmland here anyway. So maybe... Just pick a direction. Right, right. Yeah, Don't with our, as many tornadoes or something. You right. Know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, kind of the dream, really, to go to live out kind of in the middle of nowhere and have cheap rent and 
Yeah, I just want to. I just want a spooky looking house. You yeah. know, I just, all my spooky haunted mansion crap and all my spooky skulls and have spooky music playing when you walk in the front door. That's all. I, you know, <laughs> that's all I need. Yeah. That's all I need yeah. out of life. I'm still seven years old. I still want it. <laughs> so here, when you walk in the shop, you know we have spooky music playing in like the uh, waiting room when you walk in. You oh, know? cool. Yeah, it's like you know Tower of Terror, lobby music, or haunted mansion rolling, or that's just like great. a thunder. Um, is it yeah. all kind of decorated in the front like it's not because i'm i'm financing this building so when it's paid i'll black it out put cobwebs yeah because everything everywhere but that, it looks like a proper rating room but only it's full of skulls and stuff right like that. right like a coffin with a skeleton in it you yeah know, the skull that's like uh you know effect shops are like that they always have the nice front with all the display pieces or they have a display room and yeah yeah, these are our silicon. Yeah, this is our. We did Chucky. Here's our Chucky's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I could see you um, having a really cool effects type shop. Yeah, I just want to black it all out. I love black. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice and dusty. We have a cobweb guns. I can't wait to use again. Yeah. <laughs> you ever, you've ever bought one of those? Things? I never have. I, I I remember I tried to make one when I was a kid because back they they used to have plans for them in like. Was it like the rubber cement ones? Yes, the rubber cement <laughs> ones, where you're basically spraying rubber cement around and yeah, using your a drill. Power drill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this one is like a hot glue gun with a with an air, yes, the air right. thing. And it's, I'm, you've got to get one. It's really? It's the craziest, most amazing thing. Yeah, they're like, stand 12 feet away. I'm like, I'll stand a little closer. <laughs> you know, and it just, <laughs> just covered like the whole corner. It was like this. I just like my old shop in Seattle. Like I just dusted like an entire wall in a corner in the ceiling with it. It's cool. Yeah, you're gonna have to try it out. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember seeing those and I forgot about those. Such they were like they were. I thought they were expensive, they were, like fifty or sixty bucks. And there was a Halloween store that had them on sale for like fifteen dollars. And I was like, okay. I'm, I mean, worst case scenario, it doesn't work, and they got fifteen dollars that I'm right. out. And it's it works exactly better than you think it would. Yeah. A, yeah. Okay. So be spooky. Get one of those. I'm sold. I'm sold. Yeah. Absolutely. So what yeah. what what do you uh have planned for Monster Palooza? I mean, are you just gonna sell your shit? Do you have any new Yeah, yeah, I'm or? so bummed. Like I have I have like three new products, they're just not ready. We got we just I just molded a new model. Mm. Really excited about it, but um it has to go from the master mold into remastering before we can release it and we have to you know, you have our laser etched copyrights put on. Oh cool. So that's not ready. So right. that's super It'd be ready for Burbank, and then we have like a, a skull bowl that's really cool. Oh, cool! Yeah, and then I have like these new plaques that we're bringing. These big skull plaques with like these filigree things I sculpted on it, and so that's going to be a Monster Palooza. But yeah, this is, and then stands. I think we have new stands for Monster Palooza, and then just kind of the regular dumb dumb stuff that we usually do. You know, magnets, our regular skulls. Yeah. You know, beetle skulls. I don't know if we really get candles made. How many skulls do you offer? Like human life-size kind of skulls yeah i think we're up to uh 12 or 13 just depending on what's in production you know because it's like sometimes like three models will sell really really good so those molds burn out quicker and uh, then we have to, so it just depends on but i think we have 12 or 13 models that we make that's cool are you always looking to kind of add a new one or yeah it's getting harder and harder though to find good skulls it's there was just a time in the time when you could just get them anywhere and everywhere you know i had a guy that i would go to and he had like a whole room with just shelf after shelf of skull you know i bring one like i have ones that are cut so i bring those and can i trade this you know uh, like i want the cut ones you know uh -huh. 
And so he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take that one. You trade it for another one. So you look through and you find your, you know. So, yeah, I'm always looking to add an, another model. I also have, like, two or three that are still mine that I haven't molded yet. So that's oh, still okay. So I can slowly release those. But, yeah, I'm always on the lookout. Do, do you have a um, – I haven't looked at your website in a while. Do you have, a like, a toothless old person skull? Because I got – I actually – one of the only real skulls I have I traded for some artwork for, and it's like a – they call it something. They call it something. It's like an old an old person's skull, but it's like a really like a geriatric skull. Yeah, geriatric skull. Sorry. Uh, yeah, and it's like the jaw is so thin, and there's no teeth, and it is so it's. It, yeah, is that crazy? Like if you lose your teeth, it models over, it remodels, and just gets smooth. Yeah, right? It's crazy. It is crazy. You guys don't have an old geriatric skull. I don't have anything that's modeled over like that. We have um, my KH is an Asian female and she's got like three teeth in her head. It's a really cool looking skull. Mm-hmm. You'd actually like it. It's got so much texture. It's eroded. So it's got all this oh, red. Cool. Really cool. And um, I see it like uh, my friend James Kearney's a tattoo artist. He like did some great paintings of it. it looks, it's oh, such yeah. a really- James is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so you, we should probably get you one of those. And then I have the SM, which is an old model that I've had since the beginning, which has a couple teeth in his head. It's just kind of an older looking <laughs> skull. So cool. I love it. But yeah, you and I, you and I, I mean, most people too, like if they wanted that geriatric, like just take a Dremel to it and smooth it over, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, you know? That's true. Just, take, just rip those teeth off. And right. Repaint, you know? <laughs> I, I, I hate, I would hate to mess up any kind of. I'm always shocked when people do too, because like you know, people will do that. Like you know, they'll buy a candle and they won't burn it, you know. But like, they'll they'll spend money on a skull, like um, you know, rest in peace. Like Jed Likeness would like take one and like really you know, metal for blood all over it. And spray oh really? It, break it up and do rat stuff <laughs> to it. So, yeah, and like other tattoo artists do really cool things with them too. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, because they're up and hack them up and do cool things with them too. But I can see how it'd be a little hesitant because it's like you got one shot to make this. Right. <laughs> you don't have to buy another one. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, I mean, your skulls are perfect for craft projects like that, you know? Oh, yeah. Because you're not just drawing a real skull. No. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. It's like um, every now and then someone gets mad because they drop it on the concrete and a tooth breaks off. It's just like, but that's that's what you, that's why it's only $130, not right. uh, $1,200. Right, right. You'd rather drop that and glue it back on or <laughs> your real skull. You yeah. know, I was, I was feel bad for him too because I don't want anything to break, but yeah, glue that sucker back on. Yeah, That's exactly. I- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had that happen. My, my granddaughter, she, when I, that, 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 uh, the adolescent skull, she was so into it when she was like five, I think. She was playing with that thing so much and she dropped it and one of the teeth broke off and I was like, eh. Actually, still looks cool the way it broke. Yeah. <laughs> it totally yeah. works. I'm not going to mess with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just paint it up or whatever. Yeah, totally. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's. So, a, do you have any more real skulls, or did you say you got two of them? I've got. Let me see. I've got uh, two of yours. Um, I've got the old, the old geriatric skull, and I've got a bunch of animal skulls that people just have given me. You know, like yeah. a, I have a cow skull and. Oh, no way. That's got to be cool. Yeah, it's a big one with horns and stuff. They, like, fiberglass the horns on. That was weird. It's like, I think it was bought from a... Oh, my wife got it for me because she used to work at a thrift store, so all kinds of weird crap would come in there. Right. And, um, yeah, some weird little skulls. I don't even I don't even know what kind of animal they are anymore. Right, I, right. I just put them on the shelf, and I like to look at them. 
Um, I was looking for a Persian cat skull for a long time, and I couldn't find them That's anywhere. Rare to come up. Yeah, right. I, but but I was I needed to. I ended up sculpting one for uh, a painting and putting them in the corners. These little because it was a black magic that character I have with the gun and the top hat, yeah, and the gas yeah, mask. Yeah. Um, the collector wanted a. She owns Persian. The, her and her husband own Persian cats. Those flat face cats, and. Uh, <laughs> their skulls look like alien skulls they're crazy you got those crazy big orbits yeah right? yeah <laughs> and so i just got pictures from someone who had one because i couldn't find one because i was gonna i wanted to sculpt it from you know to be able to look at it and turn it around while i sculpted it so i just uh used photos and sculpted it and it looks pretty that's, good that's, that's lucky you're so talented that you can do that too because that's you know it's not in everybody's bag of tricks yeah <laughs> You know, yeah. Well, sculpting's hard. I try to do it every now and then, but you know, like I'm working on a, like a hat box and a tiny skull and a big mummy head in my spare time, mm -hmm. which you know is very limited. Yeah, yeah. Like sculpting is is a very is still challenging for me. Yeah, it's. I did it for so long. It's the you know, one thing that so much easier than painting to me because I started. I started when I was twelve. I sculpted my first mask. It was terrible, but I mean, I sculpted throughout high school and then i got in the business right out, like a year after high school and then i was sculpting for 20 years every day of the week pretty much so you know so you never had to work like at mcdonald's no i worked at my sister's health food restaurant for a while as like a bus boy um she had this little little health food sh restaurant in the 80s before it was cool to have a health food restaurant <laughs> That was yeah, it, though. I mean, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. Yeah. I still eat it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I got, I got lucky. That was, that, I think that was the only job I ever had. And then I got in the film business and, you know, they pay pretty well. And, that was the ages yeah. then, too, because that was, I mean, what a brilliant time for it was the, the it was uh, the peak, man. It was like the peak. I still, of, I still live and breathe all that crap. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I love it. I love it. Can't get away from it. Yeah. I remember I used I was living at home in my mom's garage, which is converted into a studio where my brother's band used to practice, but then he moved out. So it was all carpeted on the walls and soundproof. And I just moved into the garage and I was I would work on my stuff there, but um I would drive up to Hollywood to work on the blob. Um and I forget what I was getting paid at the time, like it was a lot for somebody my age. <laughs> I think I started at like 400 bucks a week and this was 86 or so. I ended yeah. up, I ended up getting up, I think by the, at a certain point on the blob, I ended up getting like 850 bucks a week. And I would just bring these checks home and my mom would put them in the bank for me. Cause I didn't even know how to use a bank account, <laughs> but I was like, working on, you know, I was like seven, 18 years old or something. And I remember when I got together with my wife, I, uh, boyfriend and girlfriend at the time, she would come, I showed her where I was staying at the time before we got married. And there was like checks, uncashed checks, just laying around the room. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it's like a cat, you remember like Caddyshack? <laughs> there was a check for ten thousand dollars. Oh, was a lot of them. They said like a double yeah. bag full of like fake checks. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't. I didn't even think about it because it's like I, I was just I was doing my dream job, and it's like I didn't right. really need money because I was living at home. Like I get to do this. It was like what an 
if I was smart, I'd probably be rich by now if I would have, you know, been like, oh, shit, this is really a lot of money. I need to invest it in. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. You can make all those really important decisions when you're young. You may yeah. always do your way. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So, um, yeah, we should talk a little bit about Mon- Monster Palooza. We're coming up on, I think, an hour and a half or so. But uh, uh, that's a great show, right? I mean, I fucking Talks love it. I've met so many amazing people through that show. It's and like it's got me, don't it's you got me jobs too. It's like, we don't, we, it's not like the biggest cash cow for us, but like the, um, the contacts you make are mm-hmm. just the best, you know I mean? That's, that's what uh, I love the networking that goes on there. And it's so effortless too. Cause everyone is so nice and in such a good mood the whole show, you know, right. we're all so happy to be there, you know? Yeah. And the, and the work is amazing. It's like everybody, uh, all the booths are just like, it's incredible. The amount of talent in, at that show. People ask always like, "What what is Monster Palooza?" And it's it's hard to like like get it down to something that someone who has zero idea of the industry, right? Because it's not strictly a horror convention, but it's it's, it's like a, a horror it's like a monster it's, convention. It's kind not of. an effects convention. Right. It's not a make convention. It's like everyone that does something for the industry. It's kind of what they've done in the industry, also what they do in their spare time, their creative like endeavors. You know, exactly. they kind of like their personalities. You know, and that's kind of how I try to to bake that down. Yeah, I, yeah. The, the amount of talent and the, the the shit that you see there is just—it's always mind blowing. Yeah, I always leave there very inspired, tired but very inspired. You know, and just walking around too. You know, you don't. Sometimes you don't. You miss things too. I know. I know. There's I to look at. You know. Yeah, I never get to see everything because I, I'm usually stuck at my booth. I try and get away, and um, you are never there when I stop by. Really? Oh, it's probably yeah. taking a smoke break. <laughs> the only time I get away is to pee, yeah. to pee, or to have a cigarette. And uh, I had a shirt from you, I think, last time, really quick, but I don't think I saw you until the end of the show. Oh, yeah. I was at the museum a couple of the the uh, curated show a couple of times. That was really beautiful. Oh, the son of Monster Palooza. I I am not. I don't have a booth there, so I'm not there very often. But I don't know. I'm usually. I feel stuck to my at my booth. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you get a lot of visitors through there, though. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, we do pretty well there. I'm, I'm hoping. God, I'm hoping this year I gotta pay my taxes. Oh, I got so much shit coming up. I, I need to make money. Please buy for me. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm telling you, the audience, if you go to Monster Palooza, please buy something. You know what's so funny about Monster Palooza every year is like they don't have booth numbers on the booths. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they always like do the announcement like. So and so at booth at booth number one five eight has a sale going on right now, you know, and, and everyone's like, "Where, Where is that? Where is that?" Because there's no numbers, you know. You have, you have to, to look like, at the map. You have to find that tiny map and try to make details of it, you know. If you're not a map reader, you're in trouble. Yeah. Like when we post on Instagram, we're always like, "We're in the creature from the Black Lagoon Isle." Right. Just yeah. Walk down there and swivel your head till you see a bunch of skulls. Right. Do you have? Are you still the like always the same booth? there um or have you moved around yeah he elliot's moved us around a couple of times so i'm not sure where we are it's always kind of a oh, okay kind of, yeah elliot's really cool elliot's the best i just emailed him to thank him like how much care and attention he takes you know personally to each other vendors exactly. i do a lot of shows i do a lot of shows and and i i don't see that happen i don't see a lot of the people that put on the shows like walking around shaking hands yeah. making sure Okay, and Elliot is tried and true in every show. He'll he's always stopping by, always shaking his hand, seeing if we need anything, exactly. making sure everything's good. I know it's amazing. He keeps it like a like a small. 
even though it's a big show, he keeps it like a small town feel, you know, like, yeah, he's, he's really, when we're there too, you know, cause you have so many, you know, everyone there. I know, I know. Like you just do the the cash up, you know, in between while you're walking around. It's like a high school reunion. Forward to the show. You bring anything? You got some new, new prints or anything? Yeah, I got, I I got a bunch of new canvas clays from stuff I haven't released before. I'm trying to, you know, trying to do new stuff every time. Um, I've got three new. I've got a new frame I sculpted, a little oval frame, and I've got these oval studies that I painted for it. For those, so they'll be like framed little studies. And then I have, I got that weird little skull with the underbite and the bug eyes. That's kind of small. And then I have a almost life size head of like this, you know, from here forward. So it was easy to mold and cast. Right. Yeah. Of a character uh, from a old painting I did called a man who knew too much. He's kind of like crying and got a tear running down his face. Um, so I'm going to try and do maybe a limited edition of that. Sell some of those. And we did all kinds of crazy colored casts too. Just weird, really weird. Uh, glow in the dark. A lot of glow in the dark stuff I'm doing this year. You should do a glow in the dark skull, man. I know. I wish they weren't so expensive. You know how much glow powder has to go into a clear resin to make a glow in the it's dark? It's expensive skull? as hell. It's so- People ask all the time. I'm like, yeah, that'll be 200 bucks. And they're just like, what? It's like, yeah, that's <laughs> maybe, what it costs. Maybe you should try a, do like a limited edition and do like a pre-order so that you engage before you make them. You could say, hey, these people are committed. I'm to- sure if I made one, someone would buy it. I would love know? a glowing glow in the dark skull. Oh, my God. From you guys. It'd be amazing. Dude, I'm, yeah, I'm the 80s kid. So glow in the dark is uh, my damn. Glow yeah. in the dark is so it, awesome. glow like. Like that glows in the dark. And oh, I painted cool. that glows in the dark, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, you painted that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. I, yeah, I painted all of my all the haunted mansion stuff, all the hatbox ghosts. That's the the matriarch from the the oh, corridor. And I have some in the hallway too. Oh, uh, you know, you're you're a, a haunted mansion freak then. Oh, totally, yeah. Okay. Since, uh, my mom was taking me to Disneyland since I was you know, since I can like when they had coupons still for like um adventures through inner right. space. Which was my one of my favorite rides there because it was a free ticket. I remember you could just go to get a free ticket from the ticket booth. Yeah, you know, here's something. It was sponsored by Monsanto, right? (laughs) (laughs) Before they were known as an evil corporation. Yeah, that's remember they had polyester outfits. That was the new. That was the new material. (laughs) Polyester. Man, I I worked on the the terrible haunted mansion movie with Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah, um, yeah. We did the. Um, I did all. Me and my friend Jim Beinke, We we did all the the zombies. There's a, z- a zombie scene. The movie's terrible, and I um so bad. Like it makes you mad. It's so bad. But um, I'm actually a ghost in one of the scenes too. I got. I, yeah, you I got, have to show me which one you are. I'm. If it's there's one scene. There's only that one scene with the ghost. I'm an old man drinking tea with an old woman. And you oh, you're see, the graveyard. Yeah, it's just like a split. You're second. the graveyard scene, the T. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. Um, but you know, the the movie's terrible. But um, sets were amazing. Uh, er- were everything amazing. was amazing except the writing. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was just, a bummer because I'm such a. I'm oh, such I know. A, I'm such a nerd. I was so I, disappointed. I was, I didn't even care if it was like a mediocre movie, but it just, it did disappoint, it, but yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. It looked beautiful. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah. You know? I, I was on set for some of that stuff and it was, the sets were fucking I can't even imagine how elaborate mind blowing. But the thing I'm going to tell you about that you're going to be so jealous of 
is at the beginning of the show, it was me, Mitch Devane, Matt Rose. Don't even tell me you started walking through the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. No, that would be cool. Although I do know, I know a guy that works there that gets to walk through because he repairs stuff. So that's, oh. that would be pretty amazing. But no, we got to go to Disney, the Disney studio archives and go through all of their, uh, it was f- color copies, but it was color copies of all the original artwork. And we got to check them out and bring them in the, to the shop. And then it was early on. It was, <laughs> it was, it was so much fun. It was early on in the movie. They didn't know. We I don't think we had the script, but we knew we were doing the movie. It was Rick Baker's. So it was big budget. And they basically were like, you know, we don't have anything for you to do. So just go through all, all the uh, artwork, the original Disney artwork and do your interpretation of whatever you want in there and just sculpt little maquettes. So you're, you're rifling through Mark David. Yeah. All, everything that everything it was, they're in these binders. It was like all the original artwork. Like I said, it was color copies of everything. It wasn't the originals. So, but it was like all the source material for the Hunter Mansion. Yeah. It was so amazing. It was so just, it was so much fun. It was one of the most yeah, fun experiences. Yeah, that they did because it was supposed to be a walkthrough and all the crazy stuff like that. But just, I mean, I love all that Mark Davis artwork. Oh, I mean, yeah. he, he's, it might be one of my favorite artists, you know, my top five favorite artists for sure. Oh, I mean, yeah. that movement and character mm-hmm. and everything that he drew was spot on for everything. And it was always a gag. It was always a funny, but it was so simple and elegant. His solution to, to the scene was it, I mean, it couldn't get any better than that, really. Yeah, yeah. Even just pirate drinking out of a whiskey whiskey right. barrel. <laughs> it's like just the way it, it would just, I mean, I have that tattooed on my leg, is why I'm thinking about it. But yeah, that stuff just, was like. Yeah, uh, I can imagine going through the archives. I always hear about that. I remember when they found like the photographs of the original Hatbox Ghost in the archives and printed those in a D23 magazine. I about shit my pants. Because when I was little, I had all the storybooks. The Haunted right. Mansion. Big 78 and I had the 45 and they'd always talk about the skeletal figure who had the hat boxes. His head would disappear. So uh, here I am a little kid. Every time I go to Disneyland, it's like, where is this? I'm in the attic. <laughs> you know, it's supposed to be here. And so, and you don't know about it because there's no internet yet. Right. And there's no telling you stories about the hat box ghost. Right. And, so, and finally it came to fruition. So I was on cloud nine with that. But. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff is, that stuff was, it really feels truly inspired. I guess that's why it's lasted so long, but man, that, uh, that the influence on me as a kid from the Haunted Mansion and, and the and the actually Pirates of Ride was you know it can't be overstated. Um, it was a huge impression on me. I had all the model kits. You remember the model kits of yeah. Uh, the, look, they look nothing like anything from the rides, right? But there, <laughs> <laughs> but there were the, the the model kits were the those, they, they were like rubber band bad. powered Pirates of the Caribbean models. Have you ever seen those? Like yeah, yeah. The one with the treasure chest, or the yeah. one of the guys got the muskety gun or something. Yeah, and one he pulls a guy's arm off. A skeleton, yeah, he pulls a skeleton's that, arm off, and he's trying to pull him out of the quicksand. I used yeah. to have all those models. So oh, cool. Those. That's uh, I've seen them online, but I've never I never had my hands on one of those. Yeah, that was that was a cool thing about growing up in the seventies. Is we got a lot of that cool shit. Yeah, we had the leftover stuff from that. We had we still had auroras and monograms and stuff yeah. like that. I think what what freaked me out the most about Disneyland, like like you said, Pirates and Haunted Mansion, was like it showed me that like it just it always occurred to me that 
people made this and how amazing it was compared to everything else I've seen in the world right. as a little kid. You know what I mean? Like you watch movies, you watch telly, but when you're at Disneyland, it's really happening in front of you it, on such a massive themed scale. Yeah. Yeah. It always, yeah. it always just, it always just blew my little kid brain and it still does to this day when they build something new, that's just crazy. Like people are doing that. So, I mean, that always was a creative push to me. You know, I'd always try to draw the spooky stuff from that, you know, remember yeah. it where the record's out endlessly. Yeah. You know, it, always, it always did spark that creativity. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's a testament to all the artists that worked on that. You know, he, he, they chose the best artists for the job, you know? It's like, well, right the bottle. Walt had the, the vision, but, you know, without the artist, without the artist to come up with that stuff, it wouldn't have. Yeah, you got a symphony full of uh, people that don't know how to play their instruments. You know, it's going to be a pretty terrible show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a great interview. Are you, uh, do you have any, do you have anything else you would like to say to the audience? Yeah. Like, thank you for all the customers throughout the years and your support. It means everything to me. I mean, oh, I'm a huge fan, man. Yes. That's that's what I that's why I do it seven days a week. It's just because like I'm just still amazed that people even even give a rip about it. And it's it just like every day when I get an Instagram message or an email, it just floors me like how supportive everybody is. You know the community that that helps out. Um, you know small proprietors. Thank you. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's why I try to support when I can as well. You know. Oh yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, really. I, I just really want to just thank. Everyone that's that's you know helped us help us get to this point. You know, it's just it's pretty it's a pretty astonishing ride that I never imagined myself being in. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I think it's so cool that you've done this. You've it's such a strange. It's cool that you're able to do it, and you you know, it is you're strange, like though. yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I love that about it. It's like <laughs> you, you know, know, it's kind of the American dream. You started a business doing something really cool that you loved, and turned it into a business it's like kind of amazing yeah well it's like like yours is too it's just it's a lot of hard work and blood sweat and tears and yeah a lot of anger and pain <laughs> Some, <laughs> suffering it's, it's totally worth it though yeah yeah no I, I i'm anytime anybody asks for skulls i always send them to you i think your skulls are the best i oh. uh, i love what you guys do and you know they're really reasonably priced too. That's the other thing. It's like they're too reasonably priced. I know. Like, <laughs> our our main our, we're not even a competitor because they're so big, but theirs theirs go for like two fifty to two sixty. Really? Yeah. And um and they're don't give me I'm not they're the best. These are they're the master replicators of everything. Like they are phenomenal. And I get why they're that much. Is that the but place like, that, that does all the animal stuff as well? Oh yeah, yeah. They're bone, bone clones. Also, bone, yeah. Okay, bone clones. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. I mean we're we're not competition for them. Yeah, you're more like a boutique kind of yeah, yeah, specializing. I'm, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm a little guy. But I never but, you know what? I've never bought anything from bone clones that I've Bought stuff from you. So. <laughs> I, get, I get emails from people that have, that sell their stuff so they can buy more of our models. Like I think they'll sell it on Craigslist. They'll sell their bone clones for get some skull shot. They just like I think people like the color and the detail that we get because bone clones yeah. is a more polished um, white urethane. Yeah, really good for um, if you're a doctor and you need one in your office. Right. Yeah, but that you know what you're you're doing so much. Science centers, anthropology departments, doctors—you know—we sell them everywhere. So they're they're still buying our our uh, bone-colored skulls, but um, yeah, they're the best. So, but yeah, we're reasonably priced, but sometimes too reasonably priced. When I need to 
You know, we'll keep them as low as we can. For <laughs> I always feel bad when I have to make a want to do a price increase. All of our materials went up last year. Um, oh, really? Some of them went up like thirty percent on some of them. Eesh. You know, so it's really expensive. I mean, this is just an expensive business. You know how expensive silicones yeah. are. Oh yeah, yeah. We have to buy the big buckets of everything. You know. Yeah, yeah. Do you get fifty-five gallon drums of stuff? No, or? I can't because I, we don't have any room here. This is only two thousand square feet. If we get that space next door, then we'll definitely buy and buy the drums it, and have it, them it. have them roll out and we'll put them in five gallon buckets or whatever. Yeah, I remember uh when I first started working in in shops uh when I worked on the blob getting a 55 gallon drum of silicone and was like, "Wow, that's amazing." I wonder how much those actually weigh. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Like a ton, you know. Yeah, and how much they cost, too. It's just uh I, yeah, I don't have room for I don't even have room for five gallon buckets. I usually, right. you know, I I I would go if I was smart, I'd be getting five. I have gotten them before, five gallon jugs of urethanes and stuff. But it's like I'm not set up to even pour it into another jug, you know, because right. I don't have a studio. Everything's done in the house or in the backyard, so I just get them in the gallon jugs, which isn't isn't uh, financially smart, but it's easier to deal with. But yeah, well, I mean, when space is at a premium, you kind of have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once I get out of the house, I'll be good. Do a studio. That'd be exciting. I know. I know. I, yeah. Yeah. I could probably do painting classes in there. I've got a plan. I just need to. Yeah. Same here. Like I got, I got a plan. I want that space. And like a girl can dream, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> give me in there, baby. Come on. Well, you're continuing to grow, right? I mean, you, your, your, your business keeps growing, doesn't it? Yeah. It's funny how it grows in different ways too, you know, which is nice. Is it kind of, kind of moves it around a little bit, but yeah, it is, it is growing. You seem, every time I see you, you seem more successful than the last time I saw you. So, you know, let's, let's hope that continues. Yes, it will. <laughs> like I said, there's enough people in the world to where you don't have to worry about them not yeah. buying I love, skulls. I love all of them. They're just the they're just the kindest. I mean, just just the support is insane. Yeah, I always say that too. Like in a you know in a, in a DM or an email, you know, just just thank you so much for your support. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The, the people that like this kind of stuff, like I'm always saying on almost every podcast, how cool the the dark art community and people that are into this sort of thing are. It's really true, right? I mean, they're the nicest, friendliest, <laughs> like warmest. You know, like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I interviewed. Uh, did you hear the Harley Brown interview? The the yeah. Yeah, and he was like, man, if I didn't know you, I would, uh, you know, and he's like an old dude. He's, he's like, I would not want to meet you. <laughs> you yeah. seem like a <laughs> psychopath. I'm like, yeah, man, <laughs> that's, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. Which is so funny because it's not like, like, I don't know, like in the scheme of like, like people covered in tattoos and, you know, stuff like that, you know, but I mean, you're, I mean, you look so young, you, you have long hair and yeah. that's like. <laughs> That's the, that's the menacing look to him, you know. Like, well, no, he was judging just, I think, on my on, my, artwork, on the yeah. artwork, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do look. Yeah, like I you guess. should out with like hanging like the like by hooks, meat hooks. Like right. this is how I paint with wearing my meat hooks. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I get into my moods. Yeah, right. Yeah, my my studio looks like hell. The Hellraiser realm, <laughs> blood. Yeah. My studio does look pretty cool. I mean, it's full of junk, but uh, it's. I love when you post photos of them. Yeah. I was like, that's that's kind of. I mean, I wish I could work like that here a little bit more cluttered, but. Yeah, no, you, you, I'm sure you're doing it. You're doing it the way I wish I was able to do it. But. Well, I have help too, so. Yeah, yeah. 
That's uh, yeah. I'm glad you're not doing it alone because that would. I'm I sure did you that. did it alone for a long time. Yeah, uh, I, I used to work 110 hours a week. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, 110 hours a week. That's insane. It was insane. Yeah, that'll it, kill you. I had to go to the hospital, and they're like, "You can't do this anymore. You will die." Really? You had to go to what? Yeah. You had to oh go yeah, to I had to go, and I was like having like heart problems and stuff, and so I had to go in a couple times to do EKGs and stuff. Wow. And they were trying to they were trying to pin down like um like the murmuring or whatever, and they could never really nail anything down. They're like, as far as we can tell, you're okay. You're just overworked and overstressed, and like on the verge of hypertension as a thirty year old. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I I get that when I when I work too hard, I stopped. I've kind of stopped doing that. I'm not pushing myself like I used to because I just can't do it. But I, I get like, not yeah, heart heart skipping a beat or feeling all fluttery in your chest, and it's like it's oh, just because like, so exhausted and stressed out about everything, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, not worth it. No, so now I just like try to have a beer and go to bed early yeah. if I can. <laughs> Except for now, because like now, like right before the convention, Monster Plus is always the crazy push to get everything done. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be doing a couple, at least one or I did an almost an all nighter the other night. Um, you know, it comes with the territory. Once in a while is fine. Yeah, but when you're yeah. doing it all the time, when you're working 110 hours a week, that's just not sustainable. But you know, yeah. you I must... did that for two years. I did that. <laughs> How many days? How many hours a day is that? Well, the problem the problem was is um the skull shop wasn't like where it is now, so I had to have a second job. Oh my god, that must. So I was developing a building and casting department for a board game company, and so I'd work at the you know I'd go to the the day job and sit in meetings and train people, and then I would go to my shop after work and I'd work till five in the morning. And then I go home, take a shower, drive back to the job, and work all day without a nap or a sleep, and take a nap during during my lunch break, and then go back to the shop and do it again. Wow! You know, as much as possible until you just die for like ten hours or something like that periodically. Yeah. <laughs> but I had a dream. I had a skull. I know. I know. It's. <laughs> <laughs> I had a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now it's reality. That's cool. Uh, that you that. You, that you had that drive, you know, because I, I did that for seven years. Like I, tra- I had, it took me seven years to transition out of effects. I didn't do no 110 hours a week. No way. But I was painting at night and on the weekends, pretty much any spare time where you'd just be sitting in front of the TV or spending time with the family. When you got home from work, you'd be working. But I wasn't doing like the. Yeah, I totally sacrificed the family and everything to try to get it to a point where I mean, I just always thought that it would it would do something if I kept at it. You know, it would it, it, at some point it's got to start sustaining its own building, right, you know, right. its own or its own workforce, and so that's kind of always what I was trying to drive for. I'm happy it worked out for you, and, and thank you, me too. Yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, I look forward to seeing what you do in the future. You're not you're not gonna quit anytime soon, I imagine. No, no. My, many plans for many new things and and hopefully some more different conventions that we do. Obviously, we're always going to keep Monster Palooza in our heart because that's just the best show in the world. It yeah, really is. It is. Nothing compares to it. It's insane. I know. I know. Like I, it's like I was saying, it's not it's it's kind of a horror convention, but it's not really it's more than a horror convention. I know? think the horror convention aspect is more like um like the guests, like the signings and stuff like that. Right. We get all, like, all our ad icons. And those, that's fun. That's cool too. I, I enjoy, you know, I never really get the, um, 
autographs, but I do. It's cool to see people like from Night of the Living Dead and stuff there sitting at a table. It's kind of cool. It's always fun when you can come in early. Yeah. Because they're walking around because they want to see the stuff without the crowds and stuff. So you can meet them kind of at that point. Just kind of like thank them for like, ah, grew up on you. Thank you so much. You know, just give them the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They want to shake your hand. Usually we're behind the booth. We just like do the wave and thank them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Well, well, yeah, well, Monster Palooza is Friday, April 12th through Sunday, April 14th in Pasadena, Cal- Cal- with the Pasadena Convention Center, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is going to air on Wednesday, so it will be in three days from now. Start yeah, we'll be on the we'll be on the road. We'll be on old Route 66. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, that goes right through Monrovia where I live. Route 66, yeah, yeah. If we, uh, we, we get off, I guess, before we hit you, don't we? Or is that right. before? If you, if you keep going on Route 66, it goes along, I think Huntington Boulevard is part of the continuation of it. Right, right, yeah, So it's yeah, like yeah. right down the street, you know, a few blocks down from me. It's pretty cool, so... <laughs> Um, what booth are you? Not that not the people would I, know. <laughs> I never, I never know. I, I don't, I don't think that I ever get an email saying what booth I am. I think maybe originally I begged, I bugged somebody for it, but after really? you go, yeah, because every time when I every time I order mine, I get an email with like you have, it just says your booth, you know, thanks your booth eighty eight. I probably do get it. <laughs> don't blame Elliot, man. <laughs> I'm so busy. Emails are really, really hard to get to when you're just trying to crank out as much stuff. I know. Yeah. I've, you know, I've given up on, I've gotten really bad with the emails. I can't handle it anymore. I just miss shit all the time. But well, people can find you. People will, I'll, I'll tell everyone where you are if they come by my booth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll probably be in the creature from the black lagoon. Island. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what, I know my booth is 88, but well, Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy right now, and um, but I've been wanting to talk to you about this stuff for years. I'm totally fascinated with the process, and I love your company, and I think you're doing a great service for the world <laughs> with your skulls. I really do. I think they're so fucking cool. I just yeah, I'm it. just glad that there was a small enough niche to be able to carve my own little skull skull out of it. You know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Let's make a limited edition skull. I want to sculpt a skull for you. Absolutely. And then for anyone that wants to see what we're doing periodically on Instagram, my handle is Scourge999, S-C-O-U-R-G-E-999. And it's not skull shock or anything, but yeah, that's the easiest way to do it. I post pretty regularly, so it's kind of a quick idea to see when we're coming out with new products or when pre-orders are coming up because we're always sold out online. As fast as we can make them, they sell out. So it's a good place to like... No one is going to happen. Oh, that's great. And uh, I'll, I'll put links to everything in the description as well. But your website is, is it, what is your Skullshop.com. And it's S-H-O-P-P-E, right? Correct. Okay. Maybe old school. Okay. Yeah. Skullshop with a P-E. S-H-O-P-P-E. Just Skullshop or theskullshop.com? Skullshop, S-K-U-L-L-S-H-O-P-B-E dot cam. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> like I My said, I'll, I'll have all that stuff in the links. And um, yeah, thanks for coming on. And and, and uh, thank you, everybody out there listening for supporting. And I will talk to you next week. Thanks for your time, buddy. All right. Goodbye, everybody.